0: Please,
1: please. By definition alone, they're inferior films. It's bullshit generalization. Many sequels have surpassed their original. Oh, yeah? Name one. Here we are for another edition of the Spiritual Sequel Podcast. My name is Forrest. You might know me as Frost. Frosty Scorsese. Frosty Scorsese, how fitting for this movie we're gonna be doing today. Across from me, I have my brother, and for these purposes, more importantly, my co-host. Carter Moss. The one and only, together we are the Jansen brothers. This, before being podcast hosts, we were both filmmakers. And both of us organically began our careers writing sequels. I got my start in screenwriting, writing Bad Boys 3. And you got your start writing a spinoff, fittingly for this episode, of the Dark Knight trilogy, where Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Robin character continues on. This episode today, we're talking about the new movies just premiered, The Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. We also, we just saw it last night. I didn't get your take. We've been waiting toward now. I gotta say, I'm dying to. I If you told me you loved it or you hated it, somewhere in between, I have no idea. I'm so interested to hear your take on it. But we don't need to. You don't need to just lay it out right away. We can kind of. We gotta get it. to it. Or I feel like we went on. <laughs> All right, we so really tell really me, went, yeah. I mean, I liked it. I
2: thought it was fun. It was good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I thought the. Especially when he finally feels like he's the Joker. Yeah. And you can't tell if it's how much of it is real or not and
1: oh because they did
2: that throughout i just think the best part of this movie is how it it meshed the dc parts of it so almost uh, not tertiary tertiary but huh? very like they were th- they were in it but they didn't feel forced like a marvel movie where they would have like well oh. we got to have thanos because he's got to set up this future movie in a year or two you right i right, so right. was like that's the weakest part of guardians of the galaxy is when he just shows up randomly and has nothing to do
1: that's funny cuz cuz I heard Joaquin Phoenix saying he didn't like that Thomas Wayne was in the script or got added to the script. I'm not oh, saying oh. he feels shoehorned in, but oh. it's just that I thought that was interesting that that was something he commented oh, on he that like that's the best
2: one oh. of the best parts is, is how he's portrayed. Oh, okay. I love how different every character
1: is from how we knew them previously. But I
2: think the part, the issue with a lot of Batman movies people have is either you're not rooting for him you're Batman? almost rooting for the Joker more than in the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. or he doesn't seem mentally ill. He seems very like in very controlled. So very, together, yeah, yeah. You're like well, this guy. No, he's everybody else is mentally ill for doing nothing while letting the, all the city go to hell. He's doing something about it. This version is makes you go, oh no, Batman's going to be very mentally ill from what I can see. The city has done to him, mm-hmm. and also. I get why Joker, like Joker's point of view, makes every character. Thomas Wayne seems awful, which uh, makes more Alfred sense. Alfred seems like a like a he's a he was kind of a, dish a guy there, Ritchie, yeah. you know, yeah.
1: version of like a bruiser. You know, he seemed like he'd be in snatch. This Thomas Wayne makes much more sense. Yes. Then he's so perfect in the other movie. Yes, I'm philanthropic and I'm wealthy and I'm a great father. And but I, why is the city, you're like, why is the city going to shit then? If he's yeah. like this great. But he's always playing the, oh, I'm doing all this philanthropy to try to help the city. And then when he gets shot, then Batman's like, well, I need to continue doing my family's legacy. Yes. But yeah, you're right. If if he is such a great guy, why is the city in such shambles? Batman's response is very like almost a crime within
2: itself where he's like, I'm just going to beat the bad the bad people up you know the, the the lowest of the low criminals i'm just gonna beat them up and punch them yeah at least the dark knight nolan verse the villains are so extreme where they're gonna like destroy the whole city so he's like well i don't want them to do that
1: right but there is a funny line and is it the third one dark knight rises where they say oh thank god uh we've we've rid the city of organized crime. And it's like, but what about all the disorganized crime? So that's all you need to do is just be disorganized and then you'll be okay. True.
2: Well, it also seemed like it was very Giuliani esque where they were like in New York where they're just like, we're going to arrest everybody for no reason. Like they didn't yeah. explain what that act was. The Harvey Den
1: act that somehow they were like, well, now there's no crime. You can't be organized anymore. That'd be funny if there was a Batman movie and they do the, the analytics on him and he's like prejudice and race. And like, you stop way more muggings with black muggers than with white <laughs> criminals.
2: Oh, I remember Joker was racist. Oh, oh. Joker was really yeah, racist. I Multiple. Mean, I mean, he kills people of all kinds, but he definitely seems to be targeting black guys. Most of the time,
1: he's pulling that shotgun out. It was black guys, yeah. Or cutting people. Kills Michael Jai. Most of, the, most of the murders we see, it's like him one-on-one, is him killing black people. I definitely noticed that. It definitely stood out to me. Some of that is biased, too. but That we notice it? Oh, interesting.
2: We don't count the ones when it's not. Mm. I mean, we discount that. That's part of... We all have it. Well, I care more. I'm some more sympathetic. So why, why shouldn't you be more sympathetic? We were just talking about labels and the individual matter anymore than...
1: I'm more conscious of the imagery of black men on screen. So you funny. think now... We were talking about how movies don't
2: lead to... Violence don't lead to any... Of that they don't influence people. No. Or you think they do and that if you no,
1: see... No, no, no. I'm saying a different thing. I'm saying I don't think a movie, so like when black guys were only predominantly portrayed as okay, scary and uh-huh. violent uh-huh. or over-sexualized, right? I don't think that makes them more so that way, but I think it changes the perception. country's perception of them, right? So that when you have a cop pull them over, now the cop thinks, oh, they're scary, they're dangerous, i okay. should feel threatened and so that you think because of the imagery
2: that's what's the problem with this movie is that it seems to be what i, I don't know if i was being, saying giving that. you sympathy for the people who are going to do mass shootings is that what people are saying is
1: uh i don't know if i'm saying that but uh
2: i don't know for me i could kind of disconnect it for more even though it looks real i kind of in yeah. todd phillips's feelings of it's fictionalized because it just feels like this is a gritty version of what? If, how would the Joker have been created and how much of this is real, too, especially with the ending. But it
1: did seem to be... I, I will say, though, the messaging of it, I think... We are supposed to be sympathetic towards... I keep using that word, but, but really, it seemed to be emboldening the violence. That's when he feels... It, it's only in those violent moments, the way they swell the music and the slow motion comes in throughout the movie, that's when he's empowered, right? And, oh, he's pushing back and standing up for himself. Yeah, but I don't know if he's... He's almost like a vigilante. I like, mean, who's call him that a in- good
2: character in the movie? Like most of the people are either just doing their jobs, they're just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, or they're violent.
1: Well, I thought, wait, wait, speak. <laughs> this is perfect to tie into what we were just talking about. Didn't you think every black actor in the movie was just the person opposite him with no characteristics whatsoever? I mean, you have Zazie Beetz who. Yes. How would they have described that character? They're like, you're a person. Like, oh, what's my name? And they're like, name? Damn it. We didn't come up with that. What am I? And you're just there, yeah. you know? And then even, um, and you fall, you fall
2: in love with the, uh, actually, no, you don't. That no. doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah. Everything
1: we, we think of your character through brief images yeah. is fake, which was <laughs> barely anything. You're yes. just kind of there and you're going to do things that won't seem quite believable, but then it won't be real anyway. So it's all imaginary. We'll pull the rug out from under. You. or, um, What's his name with from Atlanta? Brian Tyree Henry. Brian Tyree Henry. I mean, he's such a good actor. He kind of makes something yes, out of nothing. Yes. But again, no characteristics. The social worker that Arthur Fleck is seeing, black woman, doesn't seem to have any personality. just kind of a blank slate. There's another one at the very end of the movie, in the insane asylum, in Arkham Asylum. Do so you
2: think this movie saying something about it? Or I kind of thought like most of the characters didn't have a lot
1: of... I, I started to think that too, right? That aside from Fleck... From
2: him, he's... I think some of that is the I guess was trying to play into the narcissism is that to him everybody's just like there's a distance to them uh, they're disconnected
1: there's, they don't have yeah huh. they're
2: only their only personality traits are what I project onto them and those aren't even real
1: I was disappointed when they pull the rug out from under like he has some imaginations. I thought some of what they added were some of the more interesting elements that I wanted to see the movie deal with. Hmm.
2: Well, we can get into that more when we go in through the whole plot. Um,
1: yeah. Do you want to start? Just we'll we'll hit the landscape, see the where this movie's being released and the, the temperature.
0: There's a gap in the road up ahead. It's big. You're kidding. I mean, we've
1: been kind of.
2: Our reactions are somewhat part of the landscape, I think, right? Yeah. I think a lot of that was.
1: Also, this movie just came out this week, though it's current. I think,
2: wait, wait, do you think, because I always thought surveying the landscape was like what's happening before leading up to it? What's yeah. What's the production? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, Like a lot of this one was a response to Suicide Squad, where Leto's Joker was kind mm. of a failed Joker. It was like obviously the worst Joker. So it was like, we need, we're not going to continue doing that and he was apparently furious about this movie being existing leto there's two jokers yeah he was gonna uh-huh. leave caa and go to w- wme was like well come over to us <laughs> which i don't know why why is he I like a that. hot ticket item yeah. to be like we need you to be in our movie every three years or for five years whatever you, you when you're not touring
1: movies. with your band 30 yeah. seconds to mars could you be in a movie with us and do questionable work <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's interesting how do you know how todd phillips originally got involved i only know the one he said
2: he was getting a lot of comic book movies ah pitched him but didn't like any of the ideas or where they were going and wanted to do something different and then war while war dogs was being released and not doing as well yeah he started thinking i need to huh. pivot into this because that's
1: interesting as a filmmaker as successful as him that like he kind of needed a comic book movie i mean that's i guess that talk about surveying the landscape he was surveying the landscape right I mean, I think he's
2: always does that a little with Bradley Cooper knowing, realizing he was a star and putting him in the move and Hangover before people, everybody was doubting that he yeah. yeah, has. That's like some Coppola type stuff where he's, he's like, yeah, he's oh, not, she knows m- a star. Let's go. Let's put him in this.
1: Yeah. Todd Phillips is not in any way like the best filmmaker, but he really does have his finger on the pulse of like what will work when you look through his, I mean, it's pretty impressive. Even when some of them aren't the best made, you know, like a. A road trip or an old school i feel like in a lot of ways could be a lot better mm. but it really just does kind of get what will connect with audiences you know and especially this which is kind of a a turn for him as a filmmaker and yeah i mean you're just doing gangbusters already it's like he just has a he has a good idea of what's going to connect it's so different he yeah. says he compares this to hangover and i was like this looks nothing like or feels nothing I thought, in a lot of ways, Hangover 3. When I watched Hangover 3, I was like, this works better... Not as a comedy? Not as a comedy, as an action thriller. The scenes with violence, and there was a style to it. There was a lot of slow mm-hmm. motion. He starts getting into much classier camera work than you have on, like, a road or an old school, and you start to see a filmmaker that's got more going on in Hangover 3, which doesn't work as a Hangover movie. It's not a successful movie, but I could see the trappings of a filmmaker that had more style and verve coming out there. I thought of that a lot during this Joker movie. Um, one quote he said was the reason he made it was he thinks just with the way audiences are going and how touchy they are that his comedies are too irreverent for them now so that he needed to make a drama.
2: Yeah, I know I had a a Marin Mark Marin who's in the movie and I enjoyed him even though he's in like his hair is hilarious and his beard. I loved his combo. He looked great. Um, I wanted more of him actually. Uh, he responded because Tom Phillips says in our woke culture, yeah. there's comedy. It doesn't, it's killed comedy is what he said, which I don't agree. I think it's killed a certain kind of comedy. Mm. And even that still exists for those people. It's just, it doesn't work on everybody. And now yeah. you don't have to just appeal to white guys, you know? Yeah. Who view certain, like you can't make certain jokes anymore, let's say, but that opens up new possibilities. Yeah. It's kind of a, well, I can't do what I used to be able to do. I have yeah. to change. I don't want to change.
1: And it's making us rethink what was funny. I, yes. This came up to me the other day. We were talking about, um, there was talk of like gay bars and uh, there was another kind of bar where was just everybody was welcome. And I was thinking of an old story I used to tell where I took this girl to this divey bar. She liked dive bars. I like bougie spots. So I was like, oh, I know a dive bar. And I take her to the dive bar and we walk in it's this thumping music and the first woman we walk by looks like a man and the second woman we walk or man we walk by looks like a woman and then i'm looking around and the girl's giving me a funny look and i realize oh this is transvestite night in the bar right Mm -hmm. anyway oh and she's looking at me why would you take me to this bar you know what's are you like this and i was thinking that was a funnier story 10 years ago now it's like who cares whatever you're at the bar well, it depends on who you're with, yeah. Still might. I just like, thought her reaction was like, Why are you taking me to this place? Now I don't know if you have that reaction. Now it's kind of like, Oh, no. now it's like, a- Oh, wow.
2: It's <laughs> yeah. so progressive of you to yeah. be able to, to go here. Wow, you're really open to all the possibilities. Amazing.
1: Yeah. Wow. Right. She'd give
2: me the opposite look, right?
1: She'd be impressed.
2: Oh. <laughs> That's where the anger comes, and an anger that Joker maybe has is a similar f- anger that Phillips. Has himself. He actually connects with his character in that certain kind of comedy doesn't work. Mm. Even though that comedy would have worked in the '70s, where this movie takes place, a lot of the times you have most, the comedy now is making fun of that kind of that that comedy was funny to begin with. But a lot of I, don't you think comedy, because it's an art itself, is like a response to the times. What people find funny then, it's not going to always be funny because sure. it's what's how society was built. And have
1: you ever heard the, any of like? Who is it? I think it's Lenny Bruce, who was supposed to be like a really purple comedian at the time. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh my God, I can't believe he's saying those things and using those words. It's Carlin does that too. Yeah. Right. Carlin. Well, Carlin makes that. Yes. The bit, Right. Yes. Those, the seven words you can't say on TV. Lenny Bruce was, ju- I think it was Lenny Bruce, was just kind of saying that stuff. And when you listen to it now, it's so tame. It's tamer than tame. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, this was rude and lewd back then. This was the cutting edge stuff. But that totally speaks to the time. I mean, think of it. There's a time when, on TV, the woman couldn't show her ankles, you know, and the married couple didn't sleep in the same bed, so you put them in the bed, or she shows a little bit of her wrist, and you think, "Whoa, scandalous!" You know. Mm-hmm. Now you like have a blowjob, and you're like, ah, "What do you do?" Well, let me read uh, what
2: Marin said because it's not—it's very critical. There's plenty of people being funny right now not only being funny right now but being really fucking funny there are still lines to be rode. if you like to write a line if you want to take chances you can still take chances if you're too intimidated to try and do comedy that is deep and provocative or even a little
1: controversial without hurting people then you're not good at what you do which jeselnik said something similar to that right where he's they said what do you think where the line has moved he's like doesn't matter where the line is as long as there's a line that i can cross that's what comedy is about is towing the line Mm -hmm. you know you need a line otherwise i mean especially with his brand (laughs) do you think that applies to life too
0: Mm. hmm
2: crime how so i think everybody's in the if you really broke down what constitutes a crime and what's bad and what's not i think almost a lot of people are committing a crime in some some aspect I mean, I always think there's... we're always people cheat on their taxes or they say, oh, it's okay if I take an extra thing from work. You know, that's not that bad. Or I take this from... I always I used to people... fight
1: with a philosopher friend of mine because I always think there's a gray area. Yeah. You can't just say stealing is bad, you know, or... How do you define stealing? Well, not even that, but If I, you it's... control
2: the rules, you can say, oh, I'm not actually stealing, even if you are. Like a lot of Wall Street people, people say, oh, you're not really creating anything and i don't even think you need from, to do those
1: kind of gymnastics though yeah. i think you could literally say where you could condone certain kinds of stealing a hungry com- a hungry family stealing from a conglomerate that won't even notice or miss it to me mm-hmm. i'm okay with that
2: right i mean especially when they, if they're stealing from i mean some of a lot of that has to do with property do you own what you really yeah is it really yours or are you renting it and are you or does everybody have a piece of it?
1: Yeah. That's funny. I, I always debate with a wealthy friend of mine because he's like, well, why do you think it's okay if you were just to steal from Richford What if it's a heirloom? What if it's really important to them? I mean, it's why it's there. Why, you know, why is that okay? And it, it's not okay. But if you can't protect it, if I, if some, this other person could get it, it's funny too. Cause then I draw another line of, like, if you know the person, it's not okay. You know, it's never okay to steal from a friend, but if it's a stranger or a corporation, now maybe it's okay, right? Okay.
2: But you justify a lot of it either through survival.
1: Yeah. You need, one person needs it, the other doesn't. So it's more important that the person that needs it has it. So basically, you're just
2: critical of distribution. Yeah. And that people say, well, I earned all this. It's like, did you? And yeah. Know, a lot of It so. feels like a lot of your anxieties, a lot of rich people's anxieties, I think, has to do with they don't actually feel like they've. Right. And they don't want to admit that because they're like. Because then this is the fear. Oh, once you start talking about, oh, well, maybe we need to redistribute things so that people aren't dying Mm. and living on the streets. People say communism. It's always the fear tactic to make people not, even though we're not going to that extreme, we're not saying, yeah, let's make our society where everybody gets an equal share. We're just saying, what if the way we define rich, poor and possessions and ownership were changed? Especially so many things in our society have changed. Or does it help the morale of everybody, rich people as well, if we give more to the poor, if we give people, and we don't just give them more money or services, it's opportunities and give them better workplaces where it's not just about like so much of any business you work for, it becomes like, it doesn't matter if we're doing awful things as long as our business is doing better doesn't matter what we do to society we it's all about cutting costs right disconnection to society and
1: i told you one thing yeah a job i had and one of the things that became so evident was they didn't even consider the employees having emotions or feelings you know mm-hmm. they would make these choices or do things and you'd be like what i'm not even an emotional guy but how am i supposed to feel about this how are you are you really expecting me to just carry on like some mindless drone with no feelings about this any kind of way this looks a certain way you know and you were saying that's exactly right that's what they're trained and what's what they're taught and management is you know and and as a culture we're trained just toughen up just go along with it Mm -hmm. barrel you know batten down that's it there's
2: nothing you can do these are systematic things yeah you can't actually change the system will change itself but it won't really change all that much that's a frightening thing when you look at now Mm -hmm. to the the 70s version of things it's like
1: that's what they kept telling me at the job was just keep your head down it's easier to do that way you're, they're not going to change they don't want to change you're not going to be able to change anything right mm-hmm. that's how we keep the status quo the, the the messed up status quo that we all know is messed up anyway
2: i don't know Yeah, i don't know where all this is this is why i like the movie it's like i feel like it you can get into made some me stuff. think of these tougher questions that we don't normally i Here's think that's the, what i like about art or, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, I guess we could kind of go over two more. Just Joking Phoenix, his career, his, his, the interview with Jimmy Kimmel is fascinating. Hmm. What did you think of that? Did you see it? It's incredibly awkward. He's shown an outtake. Oh, I heard about he's this. he's on set, right? It, yeah. I, the, the oddest thing is he almost acts like he's surprised that they'd play this, but we know that he was approved before. It's not like a surprise. Yeah. His team approved this. Huh. So he's purely acting awkward as if he didn't want this to be shown and that he doesn't. Interesting. So you're like, is that... Because he's always been awkward in these interviews and doesn't like the promotional aspect of it. Do you remember... I was now th- it seems like he's actually enjoying it because he's making it an act.
1: Well, he's so. done that before. You were re- never really here. Remember when Casey Affleck did that mockumentary yes, 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 yes. and he then went out and did the whole press tour on David Letterman with the beard and he was doing this kind of like performance art and they were filming it for the movie. And so he wasn't Joe Keen Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah. but he was. So we know this is in his wheelhouse and he's done this before. What did you think in watching the movie? There was definitely moments where I was like, I'm su- kind of surprised you signed on. Like, I wonder what... I mean, I'm not. It's such oh. a great display for him. But there were moments and I'm like, I wonder what the script looked like. Because so much of mm-hmm. what's interesting is him. Yes. So like, right. I wonder what you were reading that were like, ah. Because he said... I don't said, think he, I don't... He, what did he say? Well, he said he didn't figure out how to play Joker until he started doing it. He said it wasn't until they started shooting that he realized how he sh- how he had to play it. See, I think
2: it wasn't a script thing hmm. i'm sure not that much was even on the page right right that's right i think a lot of it was like Phillips pitching him saying hey i want to make this kind of movie in the but it loosely connected yeah yeah yeah. to see i also want to and this is i think the most effective part of this movie most of the time you go oh do, don't you want to know the origin of this character no i don't it's yeah. better if they're not known right It's better if they're mysterious. It's usually what we say, Michael Myers or Jason or something. It's like uh, any character. It's like the origin isn't as interesting. I want to see them already created and then wonder how they became that way. And that's almost more intriguing. It's a detective kind of thing. This mystery, this movie gives you a lot of information. It plays almost like a detective story where he's discovering who he is, but the more information you get, the more questions you have and the more mysterious he becomes. Mm. And by the end you're like, I don't know how much of this is true. I don't know what it all could be made up, which makes him more mysterious. I don't know what his intentions are. Huh? So that at the end, you go, well, now I know almost less about this person.
1: Oh, that's an interesting take. so oh, now, this is why I couldn't
2: wait for your take. Yeah, because now.
0: Oh, I had a he very is, different.
2: That's what made that made me feel like, oh, he is the Joker in that. It's a, it's a great story for it because he could not be. He, this could just be a version of a Joker that leads to the next real version of the Joker. Like the, people were saying that. They're saying, oh. oh, is this the actual Joker that Batman faces? Because he'd be too old by the time he's old enough yeah. to fight him? Or is this the inspiration for the next one?
1: That goes even with the Heath Ledger Joker, where he's such an unreliable narrator. Yes. Every time they ask him his origin, he has a different story yes. that you know is not true. Oh, I didn't think about that with because they keep pulling the rug out from under you and like, oh that thing you saw is not actually real that was just in his head mm-hmm. you're right and you don't quite know and there's a quality to that in the third act that could totally be heightened and not real you're you
2: constantly are feeling like is this gonna actually go down this way and when it goes down you go did that happen people aren't reacting like the way i thought they would or is right this actually, right, right like how much you don't know And that constantly keeps you on and off. Is it, is it not? uh...
1: Oh, this is interesting. It's so different from my take.
2: What did you, I guess I'm the only one who gave my thoughts. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah. Okay.
1: Mine was very different. So I didn't particularly like it. Mm -hmm. I thought, it made me kind of uncomfortable most of the time watching it, which is a fine, I realized after I was like, movie, you don't just need to feel good. be cheering and feel good. That's cool. I mean, it had a visceral effect on you, but... It reminded me a lot of Taxi Driver, which is a movie I've always thought was overrated and I didn't really connect with. And one of the reasons I didn't connect with it, and it goes back to what we were saying about people's reasons for doing certain things, it just feels like, especially in this movie, the deck is so stacked against this guy that it's like his mental illness. And then he finds out uh, he's adopted and he was tortured as a child and you know mm-hmm. and then he gets fired and then he gets mugged and this happened it's just like and and then he says even i've never had a single moment where i was happy in my entire life you know and you're like well of course i guess if every and then even you know he kisses zazy beats and they go into the room in slow motion and you think oh they've made love and then you find out that's not real and you're like god this guy really hasn't had any everything's bad you're just completely stacking the deck against this guy, mm-hmm. which felt like Travis Bickle and Taxi Driver. You're like, well, I guess, sure, he might do something bad, but isn't it more interesting? That's why I wanted the Zazie beats relationship to be real, because I was, what if there is hope in this world, but it's his perspective on things? Because a lot of people that do bad stuff don't have it all bad. They're, it's their perspective on things. They're not seeing the good through the bad or, but, you know. I also, my other feeling on it was, and I think this is why it's complicated with the time is, so we have the violence, but we also were talking a lot about bullying. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was very interesting that, you know, because they say the shooters become the bullies, but he doesn't just become somebody who does a violent act. He becomes the leader of this movement.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I think the leaders are often, are the bullies, right? And the bullies are self-conscious and, afraid inside right like a donald trump is a bully it's not because he got bullied so much necessarily right i don't he has insecurities that he is that's why i don't making feel like himself it's... feel better by putting other people down yeah you know Uh huh. and i just thought you know with with uh the michael myers the halloween with rob zombie yes And it's like oh michael myers was bullied as a kid and now he's a murderer it's like i don't know all the time with this it would be interesting to see somebody who's so insecure, who is the big guy. You know, in my life, the people that were the most insecure were the people you looked at and were like, they were good looking and they got the girl and they were good at sports. And you wondered, boy, why that. do you have these insecurities? I don't agree. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Most
2: insecure? No, no. Uh, As if it's like some scale that we have. <laughs> oh, you're 110, man, on the <laughs> insecurity scale, man. You got to tone that down, man. You got to be about a uh, 67. That's, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, average yeah. for most people. Why would... How are they more... They're more insecure? No. You, what you're surprised by is that they have any insecurity. Any insecurity. Insecure, you right. go, how could you have no, insecurity? No, I was gonna... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But I, some of that insecurity is because they have all the eyes on them all the time.
1: Yeah. But The other person
2: wants the opposite. Some of it is just we want... What we want is constantly shifting so then you do one
1: thing and then realize that the response is different and... But that's what I'm, what I'm saying about this movie is I feel like you look at this and you're like, well, of course this guy feels this way given all of this stuff that's unfolding. But maybe it would have been more interesting if it wasn't so clear cut. You know, Joaquin Phoenix was saying what attracted him about it was like in the seventies, characters were complicated and mm-hmm. I don't think this character is that complicated. It seems kind of clear cut. I think it would have been more interesting if he had more potential, so to speak, or stuff going on. If there were glimmers of hope, but he's blocking that out. Hmm. I don't know about that.
2: Cause there are glimmers of hope. But then you find out that they're not.
1: They keep getting, he keeps getting robbed of them, right? That Thomas Wayne is his father and
2: then that's not true. And then people are talking about that. They show a young picture. I he has that. That's the thing that I liked about the movie was. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I liked about Mindhunter was that we're not sure who, why they become this way. Or we're not sure if that person that we caught is actually the killer who did all of these things. Mm. We don't, we can't, because we have this shield around ourselves, our brain is within a skull within our you can't see us. You have you don't know what I'm thinking, right? Yeah. You only know what I'm thinking based off of what I tell you. But what I tell you could be trying to alleviate some insecurity I have, right? Hmm. So because we can't get within you and know what you're actually... What's going on, that barrier that's created, privacy, makes it so that there's doubt. And with him, there's always doubt because you're constantly getting new information that says, oh, wait, no, he could be the kid, actually. Even though there's an adoption paper that could have been faked. Like we've seen that shit happen all the time. Sure. It could have been something that was drawn up by Wayne himself because then we see that picture that he has where it's signed by Thomas Wayne that has his mom on it. That makes it seem like they had, did have a relationship. And then you see a picture of a young Joaquin Phoenix and he has, he looks a lot like Bruce Wayne. So you go, Oh, there's a resemblance. So maybe he is the kid and he's, Thomas Wayne doesn't want to acknowledge this bastard that he has, right? So, it's still that.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, no, I like your take on it a lot.
2: I also don't view it as a... It needs to be like human beings in our world.
1: No, oh, well, that's definitely true. I want
2: you to create the character I have seen before. By the end, I said, well, him being surrounded by him," I was like, whoa, he's created this, like, in this world that's not our world, but kind of looks like in our world, I could see this guy becoming, and that he's not even, it's nothing's intentional about it. He's not. See, I think I wanted
1: that. I, the fact that he inadvertently became this guy. Yeah, I, and, and look again, I guess I'm judging it as like, I wanted a different movie out of it and that's not the movie they're making. You know, I wanted him to be more of the aggressor and I I just felt like we'd seen and so many times where the person's put down to the point where then they... But not...
2: Do you think we've seen it where they become the leader, but they're not... They don't have a master plan. They're just kind
0: of... I feel like I anarchy. wanted him to have a master plan. Maybe but you're right. But, he but, represents but something that has yeah. no
2: plan. It's our, the whole point of it is that it doesn't follow the... It's breaking the rules, and people don't know how to respond to that. And One it causes thing... them...
1: Ooh, wait a minute. You know what? I, I That makes me think just like we were talking about with comedians, the response people have. It's interesting. Do you remember Robert De Niro, uh, who plays the host of the late night show in the movie? He sees him with the clown makeup on and he says, are you part of this movement? Are you part of the riots? And Joker says, no, I don't have any mm-hmm. political affiliation. I don't really care. I just, just doing this for last. This is who I am. I like that. Mm-hmm. He then doesn't take it off. You know, uh, mark maron's character wants him to oh well mm-hmm. people will assume, assume he's connected with it that won't be good so we should have him take it off you know and robert De Niro's like no no no, no, forget it and i like that even joker's not like well i'm not worried about what people think mm-hmm. whatever yeah you know he's not he's he's unapologetic whereas today we're so everyone's so touchy and afraid of the response
2: well i think that's the joke for him yeah Is that how he's crossing the line Views this now as as a comedy. It's funny. What did you think of things that yeah. people don't want to see?
1: What did you think about? I mean, now we're really getting into it. He goes on the late night show with Robert De Niro. Well, let's let's walk through it. Let's let's, let's yeah. I think too. we'll
2: uh, we'll
1: drill into the asteroid. We'll, we'll
2: plot break down the plot. Let's dig into this and see. How much will we remember, actually? I mean, yeah, yeah, so many. I think there's a lot of actually stuff that happens in this movie.
0: So hitting the rock from the outside will do the job. So we nuke this thing from the inside. Ah, We drill.
1: All right. So let's drill. Yeah. Take me
2: through. We open on Joachim Joker Phoenix. He's putting on his clown makeup, doing his patented little blue triangle under his, on top and underneath his eyes and there's a tear that streams down that was very nice but yeah but the blue paint so he had that
1: at the end too that comes full circle i didn't even think about that till just now mm-hmm. he's not a happy clown
2: you don't usually see clowns crying i wonder how didn't you wonder like what made him get into that field this is a part of the thing that made you more asked made me get mm. more questions like what got him into stand-up what got is it just from this murray franklin and then stand-up and clowns don't go together for my i've never thought
1: well i the clowns just felt like a job right yeah i guess i mean i I felt like he was kind of doing that as just for like uh, to get in front of people you know so you don't think the clowns are connected to comedy i mean it it all ties back to what his mom said of he's supposed to make people happy and Mm -hmm. put a smile on their face right make people smile that was just clown was just another yes way to do that
2: no, that's a good point. Do you do you normally see? I never understood this part. Do you see clowns flipping signs? Is that
1: a thing? I mean, maybe in the seventies. I don't know. Because I feel like usually you want people
2: to look at the sign, but <laughs> I, I I don't know what his sign said. I only remember him. I was be distracted by. I'd be like, look at this clown.
1: I think it just said everything must go. But yeah, you're right. That would. No, I mean, nowadays that would just be some kid on the street spinning a sign. I'm always impressed with those. Yeah. As it's standing on the street corner and they're flipping it and spinning yeah. it around. I'm like, wow, that's freaking really impressive. I mean, I
2: guess that's what you want for people to notice the person. So I guess you would notice a clown, but.
1: And then read the sign. Yeah. Yes.
2: But I don't know if it would make me want to go into the store. I'd be frightened or like be like, watch out.
1: <laughs> you wouldn't be frightened back then. This is pre it. Stephen King's it. It had not come out
2: yet. <laughs> I thought that, but he got it from the, the, the atmosphere. That clowns were frightening. So there was a frightening element to them.
1: I mean, they are kind of scary. Yeah,
2: I don't think it was like now clowns are scary, guys.
1: I always thought anything with a mask. You know, when you go to like Disney World and there's the guys dressed up like Snoopy, and like, anytime you can't see somebody's eyes, I get scared. That's... Oh, I think anything forced.
2: Anytime you look at somebody's photos and they all have smiles, every photo creeps that's, the hell out of me. Well, that's creepy, yeah. Right, a forced smile, which is what a clown has on their face. Yeah. It's like, we should be happy all the time, right? Which is, I think, somewhat the response to this movie is like, is almost the lie of it, of Mm. like denying all your other emotions, that we should just be happy, make people happy and feel good all the time, or it's like there's a false element. Well, he
1: has that line he writes in his journal, the worst part about having a mental illness is having to act like you don't. Mm. Right? His
2: journal's good. He had that other line about, I hope my death makes more sense than my life. Sense spelled like sense like money. Mm. It was interesting.
1: Did you feel sometimes they do a lot of close panning over written words yes. in his notebooks or even in like files uh, when he goes to the sanitarium and there would be so many lines of text. I'm like, wait, what, what am I supposed to be reading here? <laughs> and my eyes would be darting all over and the camera's moving past it. You're like, wait, I think I missed it. Did I get it? I read something. I, did I? Was that what I was supposed to be reading?
2: When you look at somebody's journal, it makes no sense. So. Even a sane person.
1: Back into it. He's got the sign. He's flipping it around. Some kids take it. And run
2: away with his sign. He I like, chases them. He does a good job chasing after them. Grabs the sign from them. That they like break it and then like kick the shit out of him. Just beat him senseless.
1: Now I love a scene later. The store says that he just left, yeah, unexplained, and that he stole their sign, yeah, and when, And they that he needs to give it back, and they just disappeared, and they paid him to be there for the day. And he's like, "Well, I got mugged, and the sign got stolen." And his boss says, "Why would anybody want to steal that sign? What the hell are they gonna do with the sign? Come on, that doesn't make any sense." give it back and he's like i don't have it i got mugged like yeah (laughs) why would
2: anybody want the sign give the sign back because you stole it and he's like why would i want it yeah why would i steal it but those kids wouldn't steal it yeah what am i gonna do with it that makes no sense
1: yeah i I like that part
2: yeah that's funny i think that's that's what happens it makes a lot of sense sure your boss is like i'm gonna blame you for this right because it just it's easier that way than some outside force i can't control is the next scene, does he go visit his mom? And then it's Murray. He, he sees uh, Robert Dan, Robert De Niro's character has this like uh, Murray Franklin
1: uh, late night host. Yeah. And Which he, is cool because, you know, cause there's clearly a King of comedy, the King of comedy, the Martin Scorsese uh, movie from that era that they're also evoking. And in that movie, De Niro plays the other role. He plays kind of the joking Phoenix role trying to elicit a, an appearance on Jerry Lewis's late night show. By going to an extreme you know and kidnapping him so in this now robert de niro is playing the late night host yes and then we're seeing i think we
2: see some news broadcasts that thomas wayne bruce wayne's dad is running for office as the mayor which is a new angle he's usually just a businessman in the other versions
0: yeah
1: yeah he wants to run for mayor and we hear that the mom has she's writing letters to him she used to work for him and she wants his help. Like, if he saw them living in this kind of squalor, he wouldn't... And that's another thing we see, that the Gotham is falling apart. That, mm. They're cutting services and... Oh, every, wait, yeah, when does Joaquin go and talk to his social services? That
2: might be right order. after, I too. think that's right The after. order of these scenes, like, they're all... Yeah, you know, yeah. First could be... I think it he goes be, there
1: and then the mom, but it doesn't matter. Yeah.
2: And They read the journal. We were talking about that. They read the journal and see that he's trying to be a stand-up comedian, even though he's not very funny. Mm-hmm.
1: And he's never gotten up on stage.
2: Not done it. Hasn't done it. So you you can relate to that. Yeah. As a uh, <laughs>
1: dreamer of a stand-up who hasn't done it yet. <laughs> I'm a sit-down comedian at the moment. Yeah, I thought of that in the movie. I looked over at you because before the movie we were talking about uh, what's going to push me. What's mm-hmm. going to be my tipping point point, push me up on stage? You know what I mean? And what's uh, why am I withholding? What's holding me back?
2: Why do you need a tipping point? Like, why is it?
1: Yeah, why do I need a tipping point? Just get up on stage. You want to do stand-up? Go work on stage grab it's not
2: a you're just gonna do it and be amazing it's a
1: chip away at it i guess in my mind i'm thinking oh i want to be i want to be great i want to be an nba player it's like all right well you don't just go to the nba you play in the d league and the drew league and you play high school The reality
2: of that is going to be far different than what you imagine and you like your imagination and you say i like to be yes imagine stand-up it's very entertaining to me and the real but you don't want bu- to burst that. the bubble
1: well so this that's funny you mention that this i think it's the big reason i don't do it is for my whole life people have always said you should do stand-up you'd be great you're really funny you'd really be great at it you should totally be a comedian
0: mm-hmm.
1: so if everybody around me at my jobs on my social life thinks i'd be good at it and i think i'd be good at it i only stand to disprove them by getting actually getting up and doing it right if I am great, I've just confirmed what they already knew or think they knew, right? Even if they were wrong in their heads, yeah, you'd be great at it. And I think that if I get up so I can either just confirm what they already think and solidify that, or the biggest risk is that I stand to disprove that. go, like, oh my God, i was so wrong. You're terrible. You're not funny at all. Ah, yikes. Whoops.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's just not true, but I think it's a, it has more to do with the changing element and why people fear change is that you feel like you might become something else that you like huh. who you are now. And to do this new thing might change you in a way that you might not like yeah. what you become. Yeah. And it's freeing to do it, but it also there's risks. Things aren't following your dreams. Isn't all positive there's no massive. Yeah. It could alter you completely and you might, who knows every path you go down could send you on a,
1: no, I've, I've always, conf- uh, yeah, for so much of my life, I wasn't really trying to do what I really wanted to do. But the saving grace in my mind was, well, look at my friends that are pursuing what they want to do. And they've got the thinning hairlines and they're stressed out of their gourd and they're weathered and they're aged. And look at me. I'm youthful and I'm exuberant. And I don't have any care in the world. No stress. I'm happy go lucky. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly right. When you when you do pursue what you want, there are adverse negative effects that come with it. But is it ultimately worth it? right you also kind of took your stand-up routine into life yes I think that's why I realized I really want to do it It was like oh you I created this kind of this comedic persona Mm -hmm. you know it's a little bit of an Andy Kaufman thing I was almost doing a performance art Mm -hmm. act in life right yeah I think so too and and uh yeah even just the way I tell stories are almost bits that i'm working on that i'm crafting you know rather than just like oh here's what happened to me but one of our close friends pointed out he said i you know i told a funny story on the bus or something He's like, "God, funny stuff's always happening to you And i was like Nah, i don't think so i think it's just pretty normal i just i can either find something funny or i can embellish and make it funny
2: well that's the observational angle of it all yeah what you notice what you don't what you
1: i think i'm pretty sure your mind is at. If we were both on the bus together, I'm pretty sure you would just look at it as a bus ride. And I would, like, just be looking around till I found some angle that was humorous. I mean, another tough thing, I think, is
2: there's a lot of talented people. And it's not really in their control whether they make it or not. As much as we like to say, oh, only the cream rises to the top and the best are doing yeah. it. The The best do rise, but there's a lot of best people that don't. For other reasons, you know, they get taken out early, or they give up too quick, because the re- the ways they see getting in seem like why would I want to do that? That doesn't that seems antithetical to a- the actual act of what I want to do. Or I have to like per like I have to be a bad person almost.
1: Well, okay, I so, gotta ask this. This we're jumping to the end of the movie. This is the question I was about to bring up before because I couldn't stop thinking about it. Ultimately, the Joker gets on Murray Franklin's show. Yes, right. Now, Murray Franklin brought him on because they've been, they caught, they got video of him doing stand up mm-hmm. and he's terrible and everyone's laughing at him, mm-hmm. not with him. Mm-hmm. And they showed the clips and everybody, like, it's just, again, he's, they're making a mockery of him. He's, the joke is on him. He's the butt of the joke. And they have him on and then he ends up shooting Murray Franklin and saying, like, you deserve this. You've just been making fun of me. You're putting me down. You're looking down at me. Mm hmm that the messaging this is part of the messaging my problem i had with the movie was he's getting disgraced not disgraced he's you know he's getting persecuted society is constantly pushing arthur fleck to the fringes
0: mm-hmm.
1: but the it culminates with him shooting murray franklin as if he's never gotten it worse than this guy what he's doing is so wrong right so to speak that's a very pronunciated example of him finally standing up and, I'm going to give you what you deserve, right, for making a mockery of me. But first of all, if you're a comedian, if the people are laughing, it doesn't matter why they're laughing, right? I don't know. No, that's that's if a
2: very definitive statement.
1: Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm asking kind of. No, because, like, people laughed during
2: atrocities. They laugh. They kill people and they laugh at them, that they killed people.
1: Is but what does a- that have to do with a comedian
2: people laugh at comedians and now we look it back and go well, i can't believe they laughed at that no but as a or comedian, are they are laughing, laughing a lot of people laugh because it's the awkwardness of the situation they think it's oh i want to make the person the comedian feel good
1: but that's a brand of humor i mean family yes. guy plays on on awkwardness and ben stiller's whole career is kind of awkward right but i'm saying if you're a comedian if they're laughing i mean a lot of comedians they're they're laughing at But some of it, it is self-effacing humor But well,
2: what if you're laughing not because you're laughing because that's what you're supposed to do oh, I'm seeing this guy. I want to enjoy this experience. I paid a lot of money, so I should laugh. But then afterward you go,
1: you're well, still looking at it from the audience perspective. Uh-huh. I'm saying from a comedian's perspective, yes. you want to make people laugh. If yes. they're, if you're telling self-effacing jokes or making, joke. if you're the butt of the joke is a lot of the humor, you know, that's kind of par for the course, I think, a lot of the times. I don't think, I, that still seems like a success as a comedian I don't know if you draw the line. I'm now kind of asking out loud.
2: I mean, mean, yeah, I guess it's... Is it okay to ridicule a first-timer? I don't know.
1: Well, and here's my other question with this. Especially somebody who has a disability also. Yeah, well, that gets into a whole other That's why
2: I didn't see the incel-type stuff, where it's like this guy has an issue that causes him to be an outcast, that causes...
1: Right, we should say he he just laughs unco- like it has nothing to do with how he's feeling in that any given moment he it might actually it made me want to watch laughing. it
2: again Whereas, like is he only laughing it seems like he's s- laughing
1: when he's awkward when he's uncomfortable and awkward yeah when he gets put on the spot and he doesn't know what to do he seems like he started laughing it didn't seem you're right It as kind of random as they wanted to present it no but it that, that might be saying something about the laughing what it means yeah, yeah. to society or you know, I don't have to look at it again but my question with the Murray Franklin, if Murray Franklin's not supposed to, how do we weed out? Like you just said, there's so many, there's so many bad comedians uh-huh. in right? any art, right? There's so many untalented people. Uh-huh. You got to get through the mire and the muck in order to, for the cream to rise to the surface, right? I mean, I was just saying I don't believe in that, but yeah.
0: Huh.
1: Was, was so. Uh, what do you mean? What do you what? Did, i don't think the cream actually rises to the top no i don't think it's a meritocracy either but what but you are acknowledging there's a lot of untalented comedians so if you are good you need to like weave through that how do we how would a murray franklin weed out the people that aren't good if you didn't make a mockery of the people that are bad i mean i guess you just don't put the tape on and just forget about it right you don't have to laugh at it you could just not acknowledge it is that what we're saying because to me i feel like part of our problem sometimes as a society is you can't be too nice. We need the people that aren't good to be, but I guess that's not true. That goes back to what we were saying about art. We still want the art to be made.
2: And bullying. And if it's actually effective, we're told it's effective, but even though it has pretty bad results.
0: Yeah.
1: And usually the adverse result. And
2: it just creates this, it's the cyclical nature of things. It's like, if you don't like this thing, why are you doing the thing? Right. Like him killing all those people is not, you can never defend it. It just creates more of it. Yeah. He's just becoming a vehicle for violence, and it leads to more and more. There's no stop. Mm. That's why people say, "Well, I can't." They go, "I don't know if I can show compassion to to this people because well, there's I have this other focus. There's too many. There's too many things to be compassionate about, so I just won't do any of it." Or it's like, no. It, the more you use it, it's a muscle. It builds. The more mm. you spread. I feel like that's the message of most religions. It's like the thing that gets lost and when we start to take things too literally and we start to persecute others because they don't follow your thing. Most of them are about giving.
1: Does that tie showing. in with... We, we were watching an episode of uh, Brockmire last night and Brockmire finally did something nice mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it didn't go the way he wanted and he's mm-hmm. like, God, this sucks. Why did yeah. I... I think he describes it as doing this good thing and it feels like
2: I opened my mouth and all these people took, all the bad people took dumps in my mouth. Yeah. Basically, like I've taken advantage of, like I thought I would be rewarded for it. And the, his buddy's like, like, uh, that's not really how kindness, like kindness isn't rewarded. It's not why we're doing it.
1: In our society, it's certainly not rewarded. Yeah. But But then he adds a nice bit.
2: You're good because it attracts other good people.
1: And that's worth doing it enough. Like yeah. you just hope that it'll
2: you'll attract other good but, people. Because if you don't do it, there won't be good people, and then everybody's—it's a—you know—everybody's bad, mm. essentially. Standing up for the people who get taken advantage of, who don't want to hurt and be cruel. I mean, but now we're getting into the minutia of good and bad, like we were talking about before—that yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not as simple as that. Right. And that a lot of the things that people do that are bad are because of something had to them. So, how okay, can how much can you break the cycle? What outlet can you use to help be aware that you're going and your behaviors are not as much in your control? Like so much of our problems now we didn't create. So it makes it hard to What do you mean the the systems that have created us that made us the way we are? How one if I was born in a different place I would be a different person entirely. Mm. I didn't build those. They were built before
1: me by people I didn't I don't know that had completely different beliefs. It is interesting how our personalities though interact with the world that we're born into. It was very interesting as a girl at work. She has two brothers and she was explaining how both her brothers are incredibly lazy because the mother did everything for them. They never had to work. They just she her on the other hand incredibly independent. She was out of the house at 18. She would send money back so they get people out of debt, right? Mm-hmm. Supporting them. Just a real go-getter. Uh, and I said, well, wait a minute, if your explanation for why your brothers ended up this way, I was like, did your mother treat you different? She's like, no, my mother did everything for me. I was like, well, that, isn't that interesting that you justify their laziness because, oh, the mom did everything for them. Thus they're just still living at home and they're lazy and they don't work and they don't do anything. But you are out there mm-hmm. at 18 and you're independent and you're a go getter and you're actually supporting them now. Right. Mm-hmm. Same mother, same situation. How do you justify that?
2: Different genetics.
1: Yeah, I get right. But that's what I'm saying. It's interesting how the personalities interact differently with this setting,
2: right? Or maybe the thing that they really want isn't around like they have never experienced. And she saw it pretty quickly. Like, oh, I want to get out of here. I don't want to live here. And they said, yeah. I don't want to live here, but I want to do this thing that was done thousands of years ago. But that's not done anymore. So I don't know what to do with myself. Hmm or you know maybe they were influenced very young they saw something and were like i want to be like that person and that person lives the way they're living so that they're like living they thought was going to be a a successful way to live but it's like an eight-year-old's version or something
1: all right let's dive back in
0: dive back uh
2: where were we Because we skipped ahead to the end where he kills (laughs) he kills uh robert de niro in between that We're seeing he gets a gun from one of the other clowns at his uh, job where he's fired from. He ends up getting fired because he brings the gun to a children's hospital. He's he's enjoying... The kids are loving him until he drops this gun. Yeah. Which you almost like concerned. You're like, this might go off.
1: Oh, it looked like it was going to go off, didn't it?
2: You're like, oh, Oh, my
1: God. It was also cool because he was bringing smiles to people. He was Mm -hmm. making kids happy in that moment. Whereas, yeah, when he's on the street, he's just flipping a sign and... Mm -hmm. I mean, it's... it's a, the one time where he likes the job
2: he was doing. Yeah. He's like, I liked that role, and now I lost it. Yeah. Which is the one bad death part.
1: And then he, the guy who gave him the gun, he says to protect himself from the thugs that are going to, like... Mm-hmm. He goes and tells the boss. I think he was... They keep mentioning that people at work are, like, creeped out by yes. Arthur Fleck. And... He's a weird dude. He does very odd. He's a strange bird. He's definitely a strange bird. But he tells the boss... He had a different rationale for the gun, right? Didn't he say that he stole a gun from him or? Yeah, or sold it to him. So, yeah. That it wasn't given. Because then it, it, Joe Keane even responded like, he told you that? Yeah. Like he it lied. seems like.
2: Like he can't believe he lied to cover his own s- himself. Yeah.
1: And setting it up so that it makes it seem worse for Joe yeah Yes. To, like it seemed like he was trying to almost get him fired, right? To some extent. Or mm-hmm. hopeful that he would. I mean, he deserved to be fired. Yeah, <laughs> do what he did. That's, I don't know. What were you thinking?
2: Like, yeah. did he not have a time to put that in his locker? or? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that part was ridiculous. But, I mean, he's not a, he's hallucinating. He's delusional. So.
1: I wanted to talk about, because that actually happens in the scene just before. It's the first hallucination. When they're watching the De Niro show we were talking mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. Um, At some point, Joaquin, at first it felt like a flashback and then you realize it's just his imagination it does it, it felt like a flashback or a flash
2: forward like oh is this at the end yeah, of the movie yeah. and he gets picked and we're gonna cut back to this scene later on
1: but we should say he's he's just watching with his mother you know the late night Johnny Carson style show and the next thing you know, he's in the stands and he yells something out and then De Niro points at him you sir, stand up and they put the spotlight on him and then they have a back and forth and he brings him down on stage and he gives him a big hug you know um, well he says I love, I love
2: you I think. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing with love is that we, it doesn't feel like he's the Murray Franklin De Niro character is being critical of Joachim's f- comedy at the end. And we don't view that as love crit- critiquing uh. only praise as like, Oh, you got to just, why are you doing this? Why are you pointing out my inadequacies or something? And why are you looking at that? It's like, cause I want you to, yeah, be aware. I don't want you to go into the world and
1: in the beginning, he seems like a father figure.
2: Yeah, but then he he ridicules him for everybody, and he feels
1: yeah. Well, and that's not real either. That's true. <laughs> in the beginning, when yes, he's the father figure, is just in Joaquin's
2: head. True, you're right. It's interesting how he gets. I think that's another thing is he doesn't have a father figure, which is a big serial killer, mm. uh, being abused, having a, no father figure, and then having all your father figures reject you so you have de niro and you have
1: thomas wayne yes yeah Both yeah, reject
2: yeah. him as his. he was once huh. someone that's true because he's taking care of the mom you know he's oh he's the man of the house
1: and then he meets shortly thereafter this he meets zazie beats character who's another single mom in the building and she's doing stuff
2: that you're like why is she doing that which you find out is because he's hallucinating i think right. she never puts a gun to her head in the elevator she puts a gun to her head like kill me because i have to deal with this kid and live in this terrible the kid apartment. doesn't even
1: seem that annoying no the kid says like one thing of all the kids can be so annoying yeah. this kid doesn't seem particularly annoying and she puts you know with her fingers like an imaginary gun to her head and i don't know if it was necessarily the kid itself i guess maybe just being like
2: doing all the job and having to take her and being a single mom in general is
1: just. That's only how it's he interprets breaking, it. Yes. Just this: the world. Yes. You're carrying the groceries under one arm. You got the kid. You're in this sh- shitty yeah. elevator in this tenement building. Like, just blow my brains out. What are we doing here, right? I think that's kind of you're right. He does that to her, and you can't tell. I can't tell if
2: that actually happened. That scene. Yeah, because her reaction kind of like weirded out a little bit.
1: But then no, she like, laughs. Uh, like, she laughs a little bit. He turns. Like, hey, and then he does the guns, and she's like. <laughs> I thought she just kind of looks at him weird and then kind of smiles. No, I was expecting her to look weird. I think she just laughs it off. It goes again into her not seeming like have awkward. much characteristic. Yeah, it was like an awkward laugh. Because he does it.
2: Remember, he also does it for like a while. He doesn't like do it and then keep walking. He like does it and then just like
1: yeah. holds it for a long time. He gets real into it. No, I remember her downplaying the reaction. I don't think she looks at him that weird. I think she kind of laughs like, yeah, I'm with you there. Is there any other scenes before he guns down the Wall Street? He
2: eventually ends up on a train and he's he's fired from his job and he guns down. He's, trying, he's somewhat protecting a girl from being accosted by these three Wall Street guys on the train.
1: He seems to want to protect her but not know how to Ow. go about it. And, and he then, starts laughing. Yeah, that laugh we talked about. That's his condition. And then inadvertently they kind of get distracted with him and start bullying like they're they're throwing
2: fries at this girl like hey look at us yeah hey let's see what's let's, let's go baby let's go and then they start like f- getting physical with him and then he blows them away chases after the one guy which was the 10th scene when he chases after yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. third guy who gets
1: away and you're like oh my god this guy's gonna get away what's gonna happen well the train stops and then he's chasing him and the guy's poking his head in and out of the car and joking's trying you know and yeah he chases after him and guns him down on the stairs and then just leaves.
2: And you're like, I guess I don't know how you'd catch this guy. He's got essentially a mask on.
1: And there's no witnesses around. Yeah. Nobody, yeah, Except for that, that woman. That part I
2: didn't understand was the cops seemed to be on him pretty quickly. I guess they went to the clown pl- place and were like, has there been any disgruntled employees? And that's who they...
1: It wasn't that quick. I feel like it was late, much later in the movie when they finally get around to questioning him. Yeah, I figure it had to do with the... You think they would have arrested him just there? Clown ass. I know. They're like,
2: Yeah, you can go... You can... Your mom's sick, so let's, you can you can go into the outdoor.
1: She gets sick. She has the stroke after, though, right? Because where is he? From the cops, I think. But he's going to see uh, Thomas Wayne then. It's when he's gone. It's when he's not with yeah. her. Right. The cops come and, and interrogate her, and she has a stroke. She starts hyperventilating and has a stroke.
2: And it's also right after he he's read one of the letters, finds out that Thomas Wayne could be his father. So we're, and which is I like, I think is an ultimate, that's a great twist. We don't, I don't know if any Batman story has done that where oh. the main villain and the main Tiro are half brothers. That's fascinating. Hmm. That not only did one create the other, but the other one is, takes away the thing that he wanted and that they're both are blood related.
1: They must've done that in Star Wars. I feel like everybody's related, right?
2: Oh, sure. Everybody is related in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't mean if they've done it before in a kind of, in a Batman story. Where Joker and I didn't, I didn't think of them as being related ever. I didn't think that could be even a possibility. So no. when they say that, I was hearing that as a rumor going in. Like mm. I don't always read that stuff, but I was hearing that some people thought that from the preview, at least the way he was looking at Wayne, Thomas Wayne, and going to the house was that he was thinking that he was mm. related. And I was like, that's a fascinating twist if that's the thing. So the fact that the movie keeps twisting you back and forth whether he is or isn't, and you're not sure, adds I a nice.
1: But this goes back to what I was saying before, is I thought the more interesting twists, then they keep pulling the rug out from under. Now, you had a great pers- take on the movie, whereas you don't really know what is real and what's not. So at the end, this all could be made up. Mm-hmm. or it all could be, You know, you you really don't know. So the next movie could be a whole nother you kind know, of what made the Joker the Joker. Or who knows? It's all inside his head anyway. But... Yeah, like I kind of wanted to see how it would have played out if he was Thomas Wayne's son. And then the whole love story component with Zazie beats, I thought that I wanted to see how that factored in. How did he deal with that relationship as he starts to go bad? I feel like I've seen that. Hmm. I like that it was kept kind of going back
2: and him not knowing if he can... Because that also makes I feel like that makes sane people crazy is when they start getting so obsessed on something and they could be right. Like we could be right about aliens. They could be right yeah, about yeah, yeah. the deep state. Huh. You know, sometimes those things prove to be true. But the idea of going after it so much and making it this obsession makes you seem crazy, and you actually become crazy. Because
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Obsession it drives you crazy. Yeah, even if you're right. Yeah.
2: Like we even see that in in the the shadow in the shadow of the moon, the Netflix movie, which. Boyd Holbrook. Boyd Holbrook. It's cool. Yeah, uh, Cleopatra Coleman's awesome in it. Very cool movie. Good. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's there's flaws for sure, but if it's yeah. you can look past them easily. And the things that it does well, you're like, oh, that did really, that was interesting. Didn't see that coming. A lot of cool visuals. Definitely an interesting Philly movie too. We like we gotta
1: represent Philly. And though know, they clearly didn't shoot it there as usual. Yes, but they we said they. They laid it on really thick. Everybody's constantly wearing Philadelphia hats and jerseys and mm-hmm. mugs on the desk. Everything Philly. The the radio is talking about Allen Iverson. This and they're and they had the authentic septa buses, which I liked. And but the cheesecakes
2: uh, are being made. Ext- but they're they're it's very unauthentic Philly, really. unless for some reason in the in the seventies or eighties or whatever the movie starts eighty eight. They made them very slowly. So With methodically, care.
1: so carefully. Easy so making nice. a, nice.
2: It's the opposite of how a Philly cheesesteak is yeah. made. The whole point of making the cheese whiz is so that you can rapid-fire them out.
1: Yeah. Here we go. And they just, they're just they slamming that yeah. metal thing on the Sh- griddle. Yeah. <laughs> a <laughs> lot of noise. Yeah. Sliding the th- it's violent. Yeah. yeah he's the scraping opposite.
2: off the onions. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: He looked like he was working at a Publix in Miami, some retiree that got bored of being retired. I was like, i got to get myself... A gig, get back into. <laughs> I need a place to go every day. I'll make cheesesteaks. So he's having the hallucinations. We start. He, oh, he starts pursuing this lead that Thomas Wayne is his father. But when he goes to the house, he has an interesting encounter with a young Bruce Wayne, who's a child, looks to be about eight years old, right? Ten yeah, years yeah, old.
2: Eight, probably. He's very little.
1: And he puts his fingers in his mouth and he makes him smile. He does him a little magic show. Yeah, he does a little
2: magic show. To cheer him up because it's interesting. Wayne isn't. The smiley precocious kid that is enjoying himself he's very removed and isolated and alone
1: which i guess makes sense yeah
2: But then he eventually becomes that even more and then it's funny that it's not like the killing of his parents led him to do it's he's almost already there he's almost already this disconnect mm. from everybody else
1: i mean doesn't that make sense if he's like literally living behind these walls mm-hmm. yes you know and excluded from everyone else and then we meet alfred Alfred, yes. Guy Richie Alfred. Yeah. He's a mean SOV, this guy. Yeah, he he's like, a tough guy. Get out of here. I didn't realize it was Alfred at first. I had to... No. I mean, I figured, but... And he basically breaks the news. He kind of laughs at, like, that's... Thomas Wayne is not your dad, yeah. and she's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And, but you think... Because he's been told... I think the mom said, they paid me off and made me sign contracts that mm-hmm. said I'm not allowed to talk about it. So when... Alfred is telling him like, that's not really what happened, blah, blah, blah. Don't trust her. It still seems like, well, yeah, that's what they have to say to keep mm. this thing a secret, right? I mean, this would be a huge scandalous thing if this came out. So you don't know who to believe quite now, right? Because it seems like, and also Bruce is standing there. So Alfred's not going to be like, yeah, he's your dad. Oh, oh, here you are. But but please go away. We, we you know. Well, those also the non-black
2: and white aspect of we're now in a time where we're believing women when they come forward. hmm but it's not always going to be. Clean. It's not always clean. And anytime there's a, a a woman who makes something up, they use it. At, the other side will use it as, oh, see, can't believe any women. It's like, no, that's, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. Right. It's a case by case. You know, the, the whole issue was we were favoring one side, and all the rules were designed to favor them, even if they did committed it and it was obvious.
1: Well, we were so afraid that they'd be lying. Yes. That we didn't believe any of them, even yes. though there was no greater likelihood they'd be lying about that than they would if they were or they're carjacked or, or anything else yeah
2: or it was it was purely we know you committed the crime but you have more money so you can pay right, off. right that's why there's so many settlements usually it doesn't go to court
1: and it felt like that could have been going on here with thomas wayne and one of his workers right exactly but then alfred basically says she's a loon mm-hmm. and she was at arkham so arthur fleck sets off to go to arkham asylum right i think there might be a few
2: is there a scene in between there he might meet with the con because uh, the mom then die Well, does he go to? So he meets Thomas Wayne right in the bathroom at the movie theater.
1: Oh wait a minute! Had he already done stand-up at this point? I think so. Because as he beats That's when the she's thing with, with him this movie, at the hospital. To yeah. To try to think
2: about the plot, I was like, well, any scene could be like here or there. It doesn't. It's not like it, totally like, mix it, them
1: on match them right. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's not like oh well. This leads to that, to leads to this. You're know, like, it could this thing could have been before that? It'd
1: be funny if when they wrote it, a lot yeah. of times in your screenwriting, you'll do like index cards and put them on the board, and sometimes yeah. you'll move them. Man, oh, this should come later, and you'll move it around. It'd be funny if like some of the cards fell off on the floor, and they're like, damn it, where do these go? And they're like, eh, it doesn't matter, just put them wherever. <laughs>
2: it's all the same. Because then yeah, he visits Thomas Wayne in the bathroom. Wayne basically says that your mom's crazy, and I'm not your dad, and.
1: Oh, yeah, that happens Joker before Phoenix, he goes to Arkham, right? Arc-
2: Joker Phoenix basically like, no, look at me. I look, we look just alike. And Wayne doesn't... Uh, Wayne's anger kind of makes me feel like he could be his son. He Punches yeah. him in the face. And he's like, get away from me. You're gross. Like, you're, when he's mad, to he
1: touched the, his son. Touch my son again, and I'll kill you. They do kind of look a little similar. Their noses. Yeah. We should also say when they're at the opera that night, Thomas Wayne. Oh, in the Charlie And there's movie. all these like protesters picketing outside right and fighting with the cops yeah, just we didn't mention the that, that
2: that that when he kills as a clown kills those wall street guys it's viewed as a robin hood act
1: like a vigilante like the poor fighting the rich and that
2: these guys are scumbags and that people are you constantly hear people saying on the streets and he's seeing newspapers that are saying how this guy's a hero and that i would have done the same thing it's good to, i think even sazi beats in you know, a hallucination. Says, yeah, yeah. says to him oh three of these guys are murdered oh, only a million more you know scumbags to kill and then you'll
1: right in New York, or in gotham and then we'll be good and just like you know it's funny is just like batman is trying to create a symbol with the bat the clown mask becomes a symbol yes. in this city for exactly. like a vigilante of poor fighting the and this is we all we talked about earlier but this is when thomas wayne goes on tv comments on the murder because the three Wall Street guys worked for him. Yes, they they're were great employees
2: that he didn't know, but says they're great employees or something. Right? Yeah,
1: they were great guys, and this other guys, those people are clowns.
2: Almost like a deplorables. I think people were comparing it. To yes. That. Yeah. Whereas, I kept.
1: I kind of was expecting them to actually say that at some point Yeah. I although ironically that's the other side in real life. What do you think, Thomas Wayne? Is he running as a re- Republican or running as a Democrat? Probably
2: like a Bloomberg. This is like an independent. Yeah. 'Cause he's just funding his whole campaign. It doesn't he doesn't actually need to be part of a political yeah campaign. But it would be purely I'm just gonna make the city as rich as possible. Like I'm not gonna the way the the wealth gap is gonna be increased and I'm just gonna push everybody who's poor out. That's seems like the way that the yeah. movie is trying to tell you what, what's gonna happen.
1: What did you think about uh Arthur Fleck's stand up set? We should say he follows one of my, our favorite comedians out right now, Sam Morrill, doing an actual real life Sam Morrill bit, and then and playing himself. Yeah, and it then they say, "All name. right, I'm Sam Morrill. Thanks. <laughs> I think that was Todd Phillips shouting out like, "This is one of the comedians I like." I mean, he's, for my money, he if not the best out right now, you know, he's one of them. Yeah, because he does like one of those roast battle type shows, and he just he's the
2: one who's like fire every time. every line. You're like, f- he just destroyed yeah. that person.
1: Oh, my God. He's He's so good. And I've been hearing a lot about Mark Norman, who I just saw this past week. Sam Murillo's still got the... He's still taking it for me. Hmm. Eh, Nothing against Mark Norman, but...
2: it's Best, better, it's all.
1: Right, right. What's the difference. We like both of them. We're happy they're out there. We're happy they're on stage. Yeah, it was funny getting to... Do we even see Sam Murillo? Just hear his voice. Just hear him. Oh, yeah. You don't even see him. That's
2: great. You don't really see the full joker phoenix set.
1: no this this goes into uh into his head because it he gets up there and he's just laughing and he can't even face the crowd he has to turn around and start laughing and he pulls out his journal and there's lewd pictures it looks like in the journal right and Mm -hmm. it just doesn't seem like it's going well and then the music kind of comes in and you start hearing the crowd and Zazzy beats is smiling which we later find out she wasn't even there yeah but yeah it seems like it's going pretty well and it's like nice i think it's a frank sinatra song comes in right well one of them's that's that's live that's that's the theme song to murray franklin's show when do they play bring in the clowns i don't know when that's pretty late in the (laughs)
2: movie
1: you don't see him do the stand-up no you You only see him get up on stage and before he can even he gets out a joke maybe right it's a terrible joke about about his mother it doesn't go well but then yeah the way the music comes in and it goes into slow motion it almost makes it feel dreamy and like oh i actually feel like he would have killed did you i thought he would have killed in like a zach
2: galifianakis kind of way where it's like oh this is odd and awkward and alt comedy he would have been this alt comedy sensation (laughs) (laughs) i could see it for sure or maybe maybe not then maybe alt wouldn't have worked then because like i feel like he would have been a huge success now but people would be like oh my god He's you so to, subversive. Yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. He's just such a weird dude, and yeah. all his movements don't make sense. He's an alien.
1: He was. The way he contorts yes. his arms. His arms don't look attached yes. to his shoulders. He's moving
2: like he's uh, Freddy Krueger i Nightmare on Elm-, Elm Street when he has those massive, big arms. Yeah, like, his arms not, look
1: too long, like, and like they're not attached right at yeah. his shoulders, right? Yeah, yeah. Like there's an extra so joint there.
2: thin and sinewy that it's like his body can contort it, and he's weird. Yeah, he's very... Yeah. This is not a cool Joker. I feel like Joker in the past has been cool. He's mm-hmm. like he's like a pimp or he's like yeah. the master planner. He's like a, like Heath Ledger has a like gruffness to him, but this is his like body positions are always kind of cool. We are like, "Oh, wow, look at the way he
1: stands and he's deformed in this almost. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. But he's like standing up for that. Like he that's the, the little person, midget, whatever you call dwarf, yeah. whatever is the pr- pr- preferred term now. He lets that person go even though i love that scene i love it's a funny scene because at one point he murders the guy who gives him a gun who comes to his house this is he's Joker. worried that
1: he's going to become implicated yeah this is now at the end the guy who gave him the gun in yes. the beginning that he's been using to kill people he brutally
2: brutally murders this guy with like a oh p- like a scalpel i don't know what he uses it's like, just a pair just a pair of scissors scissors because he grabs him, him right in the, the eye room. and you're like whoa and then he's like pretty cool about it, it doesn't affect him at all and then the little person little scottish dwarf guy right is frightened and then tries to escape but then he can't like the arthur fleck lets him go says go he can't escape because the the lock is too high you're like oh "Oh, yeah no oh my god that's that's it's not made for him like of course it sucks that was a cool moment because arthur
1: fleck's like you can go it's cool and he has to get closer to Arthur Fleck to get out. To get out he's basically yes. in the doorway that the guy's going to have to pass through. And you're not sure. You're like, so maybe you're like, he could kill him. Maybe he'll Yeah. Is it. he just going to grab him the second he comes to, like, don't go towards him, you know, but you're like, well, what is he going to do? Stay in this apartment. He has to go. Right. And then he tries to leave and he can't get the lock. So he has to now ask Arthur Fleck for help yes and you're like oh no he's now he's gonna get close to you again and no you, yeah. yeah he's
2: so unpredictable but then he does the thing you didn't think you would do and, and you're like well maybe yeah he says oh you were cool to me
1: I'm or like you too. think maybe this was arthur flex plan all along like yeah you can go just to torment yes. him and like ha, you're trapped now i'm gonna come and kill you and instead he's like yeah you were always the nice one to me you can go we should also say after he kills the three wall street guys on the subway my favorite scene is he goes to this like bathroom in the park and just starts doing they play this very artsy violin music and he starts doing this contortionist dance as we were talking about and right kind of yeah his
2: behavior after murdering like he goes into his refrigerator and just climbs like pulls everything out of it at one point oh, yeah, and then just gets climbs in. in as if yeah like <laughs> he's protecting himself from something or just wants to cool down he's too hot i don't i couldn't figure out what he was but uh, that's, yeah that's good it's like i don't understand this guy's loot like didn't you? I, the abstraction to this person. Yeah,
1: the dance and like the close-ups is when the movie kind of came alive for me, in that bathroom after killing them, and then that dance kind of becomes iconic by the end, because mm-hmm. it becomes his move. Right, he does it as he goes out on the Murray Franklin show. He yes. does it on the steps when he's like finally in the Joker thing. He starts doing these, the That's way my, he yeah. twirls and twists mm-hmm. his arms and does his legs, and then he does it. I think at the very end on the car. Right. Yeah, maybe no, it,
2: with the ride. That's the cool thing of the movie is it? you're almost... It's like seeing... I mean, obviously, it's negative art, but yeah. you're seeing an artist trying material out, trying to build his persona, and eventually, once it's re- revealed, you see, like, oh, it's not the thing I've been watching him doing. It's a little, I see the things he was practicing, but now he's actually putting it into... it's. Oh, that's right. It becomes the flower. Now I can see the, the, the butterfly. Now I see... That he, what doesn't, he was trying.
1: That's a good point. When he first gets the gun, he's looking at it in his living room in his underwear, and he starts trying to do the dance, mm-hmm. but it's not quite there. Exactly. Right? Does and the dance
2: on the steps at the end.
1: Playing with his hands and twisting them contorting but it's not quite there. And then the gun goes off, even. Right. And then at the end, now it's kind of like coming. It's becoming, as he becomes a f- more of the Joker, now the dance is coming, becoming a full-fledged... There's a fluidity
2: to yeah. it where you're like, oh, that's that's him. He's become this thing now.
1: That was disjointed when he first starts doing it in his living room. He's, he's he's. It's like he's experimenting uh-huh. with uh-huh. movements. And
2: uh-huh. He is. He's like, what would work? And he's learning and he's watching others and how they come. Remember, he watches the person come out on the Murray Franklin show on TV and se- sees how they respond to Murray, and he wants to be like those people.
1: He mimics. The, yeah, he's yes. trying to mimic them, and Bef-
2: they- that's just very much of an artist would try to mimic the art they love before they finally. Hmm work their way into becoming something that their own so i guess we we already touched on that he then goes to arkham meets brian tyree henry who's like has this file that then joker phoenix rips from his hands and runs away
1: joker phoenix yeah i like
2: calling him joker phoenix
1: i like joker jokeen jokey joker
0: jokey joker
2: he uh reads the file finds out that he has no name he was adopted which just makes him more mysterious So his name is not arthur fleck that's just his, the Miami yeah. that his mom gave him.
1: Which again, then he could be Thomas Mann, like who were his actual parents. Exactly. Like that could be. Exactly.
2: Then and Wayne. that could have been faked. That his mom was crazy. And then, then he starts seeing the past. He's like in the room with her when she's at Arkham. Oh, right. Finding out that she left him to get beaten.
1: Um, no, he was tied to a radiator yeah. as a child and the malnourished. They weren't feeding him and they were beating like He was really tortured. And she was complicit. And that she just didn't do anything, it sounded like. So it sounded like the stepfather was abusing him and she just was letting it happen. So then I think the cops ended up finding him. Well, I think, wait, before the cops find him, I think then at what point does he go to Zazzy Beats' house? He's in the rain and he walks into her house, which if she left her door unlocked in New York City, Gotham City, in a tenement building, he just opens the door and goes and sits in the living room. And then she comes out and finds him sitting in there. At this point, we think they have a boyfriend, girlfriend, lovey, dovey relationship. She
2: visited the mom who was had a stroke. She visits him, the mom and sitting next to him.
1: They have what would, what sets up a love scene. We don't see the love scene, but they kiss and then go into the apartment. She goes to his comedy set and she, none of it feels believable. No, no earned any of that. So we're
2: kind of like, what's happening? But you don't, I, I didn't think, Oh, this isn't actually happening until no it, was, when it, was, it wasn't like a. some people i think thought that that twist was ca- coming oh i didn't think it was a twist or even because the movie is so much focused on who his father is i'm focused on that so when yeah. it reveals that she's not he's hallucinating that too i was like
1: oh i just thought it was unrealistic filmmaking like after he kills the three guys on the street the first thing he does is like he's walking in slow motion now he's more defiant and he's more confident and he walks right up to her door and he knocks on her door because he'd been stalking her right Mm -hmm. and he walks to her door knocks on the door and she opens it right away as if she was standing right behind the door waiting for him to knock and then he just goes in and kisses her and she kisses him right you know she doesn't react like what are you doing here why are you knocking on my like and i just thought wow she has such a non-reaction that's so unrealistic but then later when you find out it's not true it's like oh of course i guess Mm -hmm. in the time i just thought wow they didn't pay any attention to her character (laughs) or what she's supposed to be doing or anything she seems so unbelievable.
0: <laughs>
2: so eventually the cops figure out he's the guy who killed the three Wall Street people. They find him on this, on the staircase. He's just dancing. He's got the Joker makeup on. He's getting ready to go on the Murray Franklin show. They've invited him and he's like, great, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to go with my paint, my face painted. And at the same time, there's like riots going on or like protests downtown yeah. near city hall for, with the clown makeup, with the clowns. Everybody's clown. Uh, Masks, And he goes on, he runs away from the cops, Joker Phoenix, onto the, the trains. And they lose him on the trains, and then they get on the trains, but there's too many clowns everywhere, and they can't find him. And then they see him, I think it's uh, Shea Wiggum's character, sees the, the Joker Phoenix, but then there's like another clown that gets in the way, and he ends up getting in a tussle and shoots one of the guys, and they all like, I don't know, did they kill those cops?
1: It seems like they like carried see him might, away. They and might you have. just see yeah. Shea Wiggum and they're like, ah! Well, it becomes like a statement on like, oh, police violence and and right with the cult class thing. So then they all the clowns on the subway go after him. Good cop
2: selection. Shea Wiggum and uh, Bill... Was it Bill Camp? Bill Camp, yeah. From uh, Night Of. He's incredible on that show. If if you want some great uh, non-black-and-white kind of complex story, great short series. I think it's like...
1: Mini-series, yeah.
2: Eight episodes. Great show. It makes watching like people like cops doing the paperwork interesting and you're like how is this possible
1: that was the goal of it it's yeah. one of the great writers who is it Steven Zalian?
2: yes and another one. isn't it one of the uh well he
1: wrote and directed at Is it
0: parker
2: is that his name what's his name the guy who does a lot of those crime
1: is it walter mosley or richard b richard uh yeah yeah it is clockers parker no porter no no wait damn it i know his name uh Stephen Zalian said his approach was to look at the nuance and the, like, everything in between what we normally see mm-hmm. and to make see how engaging the process is. He was interested in the procedure and the process and of it everything. It is very interesting. Yeah.
2: Because a lot of it is very like, let's get to the next step. And it's like, we can't do that yet. Yeah. You have to wait here. And what are you doing while you wait there? Like you're freaking out. You know? And you're with the person as they're freaking out about... They're in, they're arrested for something they don't think they did. Or they don't remember what happened, and they're, yeah, trying to get in, any information. And they can't, and they're like, "Oh come on, <laughs> I need to get information." What's gonna happen? How does the system? I don't because you, you don't really see things. It's always the Law and Order highlights,
1: right? Which also then is just always kind of the same mm-hmm. beats. Whereas this fills in this, it automatically feels more realistic in a way. Mm-hmm. because you're seeing the human moments in between the big dramatic turning points sometimes yeah how do you carry yourself when you're not being given the big news when you're just shuffled from here to there you know back to it now we get to the scene that we had talked about where joker gets to he meets mark maron he gets to make his debut on the Murray franklin show and he's planning to kill himself
2: We've already seen him put a gun to his head as if that's gonna be his final statement, is murdering himself on TV. Did you think he was actually gonna shoot himself? I thought the whole bit was that he's just acts it out. I thought he was actually gonna do it. Oh. But that was gonna be a statement. It was like my worth my life isn't me so meaningless that if I can kill myself and no one will care.
1: My life will be worth more sense yes. than when I'm alive, that line. Coming back. Yeah. In his living room and then even in the dressing room, he's mimicked it out where he has a line, and then the punchline is him like basically shooting himself with the gun. Oh, I have to add, not
2: plot related, but it was cool that they optimized it for IMAX. We saw it on the IMAX screen; it looked cool. yeah, because they didn't shoot
1: at IMAX. I didn't think so. They, they How did they do it that? It says optimized for it. Yeah, that'd so. be so hard to do. How, it seems harder.
0: <laughs> to do, do they have to great.
1: like fill in the missing footage. See, it's crazy. Yeah, but it really, well, it was really well shot. I mean, to be honest, this was my take on it was. I wasn't that interested in the story. I thought it was kind of basic and and didn't quite have its ideas made up, but it was like, what happens if you take an uh, inherently watchable performer? Like Joaquin Phoenix is just, you're constantly like, you can't look away. Like sometimes you don't know what he's doing or what he's Mm -hmm. going for. It's so fascinating to watch and you film it like a Christopher Nolan. I mean, it's so kind of epically shot. Mm -hmm. I thought of M night Shyamalan. Do you know how he sometimes will do these like a, B genre movie, but Mm -hmm. he films it so classy split. Mm. Right. Where he always does those kind of those slow push ins or pans that just, they make it seem, they class the joint up. And I felt like this had a ton of that, you know, it just seemed like a really classy prestige movie with this great performance at the center. But then I was like, I don't really know about what it wants to say or what it has on its mind or the story. For me, it was my take, but...
2: I don't know. I think I don't think it's clean.
1: Yeah. No, I like your take a
2: lot. I like that. Yeah. Also, the fact that he's not... I think you're upset that he's not the leader of this movement, that he's the leader almost on accident, that he does something and the reaction swallows him and makes him the, the symbol.
1: Well, that upset me less than... I just feel like we've seen so often the guy who's so downtrodden yeah. that now he's going to turn the tables uh-huh. i just think it would have almost been more interesting to me with the bullying culture that we have now it would have been interesting to see but the bully's not tormented he he's the guy that kind of is assertive that that power goes in the wrong direction but i mean i guess that's like a totally different story and it's hard for me i shouldn't comment on this movie that oh i wish it was this completely different story that's a different movie now i mean
2: i like this uh, th- this last sequence i really loved and thought it was that's where the movie really comes yeah together because then he's become this character the whole time he's building it and then he becomes it the joker yeah talks with uh de niro and says that i'm makes the whole pitch about feeling unseen and that they're just laughing at... Everybody's just laughing at the people on the streets who aren't doing well. He know, says, helping. you'd
1: walk over my corpse on the sidewalk, if you know? If I was dead on the sidewalk, you'd just walk right over me. So then he shoots
2: Murray, which was like, whoa, and everybody leaves and runs away. And he's real calm about it. And then he leaves, I think he gets... No, the next time he's in a, a cop car. But the city is going crazy with riots. Like, basically the cops have lost, and the city is under siege. And then... And you're not knowing. I don't have no idea where this movie's going. I'm like, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, is this part that was the cool. ending? Like, yeah. I thought it was going to end with him just killing De Niro. Yeah. And then he's in the car with the cops, and then the cop car gets hit by an ambulance, and you're like, whoa, this movie is going crazy. And the cops, you see a cop being like pulled away by the clowns. And you don't know where he's going. He's just getting surrounded. And then everybody like surrounds Joker Phoenix, and he becomes. You see him doing his little dance on a car and rise up and become this like. Ringleader, like he's Barnum and Bailey. He's yeah. just saying, "Ah, oh, you're my clowns, and I am now the. I've become this. The you got the, the person you know from the comics. I've become this. It's taken a long time for me to to see that I've seemed pathetic for most of the movie, in theory, or disabled, or everything was against me. But now I'm rising up. I have this team. And at the same time, you see, and I thought it was the best." Uh, Bruce Wayne's parents being murdered connection to it is that we're yeah, now yeah. seeing it not as the origin of Batman we're seeing it as the end of Joker's story is the beginning of Batman's story but it's really the end of this movie is you're seeing the effects of the riot leads to it's not just a random night it's not like oh crime had gotten bad they just happened to because the other stories are like why usually it's you? just a
1: pickpocket right yeah. Yeah. and you're
2: like why are they going down this dark alley there they have billions of dollars right They yeah. should they should go down
1: no, that's true. That makes more sense. This makes
2: more sense because it's yeah. like, well, they had nowhere to go. They they didn't see this riot coming like
1: this. And You'd be trying to evade the main streets because that's where the rioting is happening. And yeah, you're right. In the old Jack Nicholson Tim Burton one, that's just dumb coincidence, right? Yes, this is purely no coincidence. It's all results
2: of Wayne. Wayne almost causes his own downfall in a, in, in a way, hmm. where if he showed some ounce of humility towards it's like who knows.
1: I, I mean, did think. What did you think with the the mother has the pearl necklace? Yes. And after they get shot, that gets pulled off. I was like, why does that always have? That's such a minute detail. Why is that so important that that has even to be in class? every
2: iteration of? I think pearls are, especially even in the, uh. the 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 Steinbeck book. I think it's like a representation of
1: uh. of greed. Because I was like, wait, from from Burton class, to too. Zack Snyder to the, the to every t- variation, <laughs> we've seen it so many times. The always symbol, those pearls it, yeah. Yeah.
2: is the. The, the breaking of hmm. of the separation maybe of the classes.
1: All right. I think that's good. I think we've drilled.
2: That's like, then the next scene you th- so you think it's over there. And I almost, part of me wishes it ended with him just dancing on the car. And then like, well, cause you were just like, whoa, I can't believe yeah, yeah, can you yeah. become this thing. And then the next scene is him in Arkham talking to a lady and she's like a psychiatrist. And she's saying, he's just not making tons of sense, but he's just like, it was a, his his joke that makes him laugh is that Bruce now is, just like him, almost.
1: Oh, is that what he says? Isn't,
2: no. Oh. He says, this is the, I'm just laughing at a joke or something like that, and then you see a shot. They cut to a shot of Bruce just sitting there alone, looking at his parents murdered. Right, and right. That is what's making him smile. And then he seems to kill her off screen, and is walking down the halls. Definitely must around. kill
1: her, because they show a shot of like the white psychiatric ward hallway. He's walking down it, and then you notice that there's blood in his footsteps, and then one of the... Guards, or one of the workers, starts chasing him, and they chase him one way down the hall, and then chasing the others. It's all like super slow motion as the camera's pushing in. Again, very classy. See, I don't know if that, that's
2: that scene. I guess that seems best showing you that who knows if any of this is true, you know?
1: Oh, like, is that what you thought? Why would that say that? Because he was telling them the whole story that the psychiatrist. Huh. So I took that as because there's a part of it that feels like there could be closure. Mm-hmm. And that scene said to me, he's still going, mm-hmm. right? There's a part of me that he wanted to get to a place and he kills Murray Franklin and he's on the show and then he's noticed by people in the crowd. And it's like, well, he doesn't need to keep killing people, really. He was killing the people that had kind of done him wrong, so to speak, right? Like it felt like, well, this could be it for him. Now, now he's got it. But that definitely showed like, no, he's still going. He, right? There's more to him.
2: That he's an anarchist anarchist Mm -hmm. he wants the established order to be or really doesn't have a goal almost his goal is just yeah maybe
0: to
1: hurt do a quick casting call
2: i want to talk about yeah with casting call i wanted to talk about the people who could have been in it did you want to well i
1: wanted to yeah i mean the big one was alec baldwin was announced he uh was cast Uh he was supposed to do it he drops out and then they cast brett cullen who's in one of nolan's batman movies was he playing the mayor or a senator of gotham he is yeah uh anne hathaway kidnaps him i think he's playing if he's not the mayor he's one of the senators or something <laughs> but uh so he's back in gotham brett cullen i i actually think he's probably better i think so too i think baldwin would have been too distracting and and i think cullen looks more like he could be the father of joe Keen. So that makes that more confusing, and he seems very waspy. Mm -hmm. Like he's perfect for being the kind of snooty wasp that they were trying to portray. Yeah, Baldwin. You you see Baldwin, right? Yeah, yeah. I
2: don't. Baldwin's just too big. I think. Yeah, there's too much. Because you just really don't like Colin at all thomas wayne no kind no of, yeah you're just like this guy's yeah i think baldwin you didn't like him a little more which i don't think would work
1: yeah and baldwin's like nowadays he's like funny even when he's not trying to be
2: you're right he would probably have been humorous
1: yeah whereas like thomas wayne brett cullen in that scene in the bathroom when he punches him very cold and unlikable mm-hmm. i think alec baldwin might have even made that too entertaining when you'd be like oh that was cool the way you were angry <laughs> you switched your voice from that one modulation to the other that you do you right. went from alec baldwin to alec baldwin <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm glad they
2: didn't do that casting
1: the bigger disappointment in the casting of this movie is they got so many actors that i love that didn't get to do yeah like Marin, brian tyree Tyre, henry yeah. Marin, zazie beats even brian callen has a little cameo you barely get to see him true sam marill we liked uh, don't even see him I'm just happy he's in it. Yeah, but know. Shea I'm Wiggum we, is a funny guy we love. Bill Camp. Uh, Bill they, they just get so little to do. I mean, it's the Joker movie. Yeah. He's, right, and Joe Keen is Joker, just, yeah, he's he, doing everything. Just,
2: he gets to do all the lifting.
1: Yeah. Now, I will say, in the casting, I was very much looking forward to Joe Keen's take on Joker and comparing it then to Heath Ledger and Jack Nicholson, but he really is only playing the Joker for four and a half minutes at the end true i mean essentially he's it's very different yeah i would not, not playing, playing the joker and you know
2: i was re- I was seeing an article online about comparing them and i was like
1: how could you not really he's doing it for a couple of minutes i might have even overshot it might not even be four and a half minutes
2: it's a cool four and a half minutes yeah it that when he is rising and dancing and
1: yeah it's but i mean you can't how could you the for the majority of the movie he's not playing what will become the joker
2: yeah that's the part that makes me want to actually see the next i know, I know they're yeah. talking about i know mean, it's funny because phillips tease they might make a joke or two he's like yeah it's a possibility If it does really well and then he's like no we originally it's almost as if like yo jo- was like i'm not doing another one Whereas this is a single story
1: kind of surprised he did this one just knowing him and yeah
2: i agree i wonder if he would do it again another i don't know where the what would you do you have uh any other casting calls or
1: No, I think it's more just
2: punching up the people. Really interesting that that they originally wanted DiCaprio. That's why they got Scorsese involved. For Joker? For Joker. They wanted DiCaprio to play him. I was like, that's an interesting. Whoa. I could just see a Joker version, a different actor playing him every,
1: like a Macbeth. Well, that's what we've brought. We've mentioned this a a lot on the pod, but Joaquin said, I don't understand why you can't do that. Like Hamlet, it's everybody, Othello, all the Shakespeare stuff on theater. Why can't we do that in our movies? This is my take on it. Oh, he was probably saying that in reference to Joker. That would casting. be fascinating to yeah. see
2: Dick Haps. He did a good job in, in like a...
1: What would tango, that be like? But Which I don't, I don't know. know if he would... Hmm. Phillips wanted him?
2: No. Oh. Phillips said he always wanted... game. Okay, who knows if that's true. But the reason the studio got Scorsese involved is they thought that, that would he would be able to pitch to Dick Caps.
1: Oh, wow, I wonder why they wanted him so bad. It's a strange, such a strange, random fit.
2: I mean, it's all rumor. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, it's... To get the big, you want a big dog playing the big character.
1: Have you heard Scorsese say anything about it?
2: Mm. Just funny. Yeah.
1: I would. There's one thing I didn't mention when we're talking about his quote and then the reaction from James Gunn. I don't know if you saw, but but Josh Whedon also chimed in. Yes. And he said he his response was like, "How dare you?" When James Gunn has packed Guardians of the Galaxy with so much heart and sentiment, and I was like, "You also made Marvel movies." <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I like how he didn't defend. He's no, like, he's like, my, I, he must have watched mine. He must have watched yeah. Age of Ultron. That's why. <laughs> oh yeah, that that one was a pain in the ass. But. You're right. Mine
1: are theme park rides. They're indefensible. That's why I stopped doing them. But, but James Gunn's really packing his with a lot of <laughs> those. That's those are cinematic. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Guardians of the Galaxy probably is the most heartfelt. Mm. What do you think?
2: So uh, let's. I think we'll transition. Development heaven. Uh, we're gonna try to. We were starting next... to just toe yeah, the line, yes, right? Yeah. I mean, where? Yeah, you want to see a, the Phillips follow up? Do would do you have an idea for a if they because this movie is doing so well? I feel like, yeah, they're gonna be like do another.
1: Well, so I was thinking, it's very interesting that you have the young Bruce Wayne, but mm-hmm. now you're saying, what if you could basically pull the rug out from any number of those scenes, right? Or make it. A, you could do Joker 2 without. Joker, it could be with
2: DiCaprio, and it's the next version of it. The Joker, it's influenced from this Joker. The Joker exists in their world, oh. but he's in, he's building upon it. He's taking that mm. symbol and, like how Batman is using bats, this person's using
1: the clown mask becomes a symbol in the city, on the newspapers, and everything iconography. That there could be multiple versions of
2: the person, and that each one has their own tendencies. They're not all chaos is, I guess, somewhat of their ml But what they actually go about doing is
1: i mean this one felt like naturally you have him escape from arkham mm-hmm. and then cause bedlam and like what what does he do next but
2: like what if you're following him as the main character what is the next what's happening the next movie character wise within him that's making what's the change is there because he's almost a finished product right so what are you doing that makes it where he has to develop what's the challenge who's pushing him a certain way is well, it a Batman or is it the city, how the city responds?
1: I think you got to go back to the city, right? I think it's what happens with those riots and class. Right? Although he's, but like he says, he's not. He's not political, right? Lee motivated. But, but as we've seen in our society. Doesn't matter. He is. Either way, whatever side you choose, is
2: yeah. a, that's a decision. That's a political decision.
1: Plus he says he's not political, but it hurts him personally. Mm-hmm. and he's upset about it when they cut the social services, and now he can't see his doctor. And he goes and off the meds. He goes off his meds, right. It is.
2: It, I mean, everything is. Any belief system you have and then act on it becomes.
1: Well, just like we talk about with sports, you can't separate sports from politics, right? You can't separate anything. It's it's interwoven with every fabric of our daily lives. Mm. Of course. Just... For a lot of sports,
2: it's just the politics we've accepted as a norm. that That's within the sport itself. hmm Like with like football, it's very conservative because it already has all these like military analogies within it Mm. and like gun analogies. So that when it gets challenged, people go, "Oh, you're getting so political." It's like, no, it's the political within it. You just have that's just it's fine for you. You don't mind that politics. It's politics you think is either you've accepted or you don't even notice it because it's so ingrained within it. A lot of that is attached to like military and football don't go together really what were you talking They've about the gun analogies like that.
1: shotgun running a shotgun and that kind of thing
2: yeah and just you gotta
1: he's a gunslinger it's, oh, those things? Yeah.
2: yeah it's our front versus their front and we gotta your
1: front's gotta be able to push the pile and it, you're in the trenches i mean All when oliver is, stone is when oliver war. stone does any given sunday they literally use camera techniques that were devised on saving private ryan they do this thing with the like, mm-hmm. camera jiggles and everything like that they had done with the uh, saving private ryan I like, then to no make one's it
2: feel like war yeah no one's bigger than the team and the team is it's all like your military unit you know
1: yeah i don't know it's funny even though i didn't really like it i would love to see where they <laughs> where they would take a sequel
2: you don't have any you don't know where it would what's the what's the force he's going up against who's his opponent who's the the thing that makes him that he because there's got to be somebody who has a similar goal to him you you actually could interestingly have another villain show up mm. who is his opponent who has different ideas for the city that combat Like one of my ideas wasn't for a Joker sequel, but Joker could be in the movie itself or the Joker. It could be a Joker sequel, but that there's the villain is the Riddler or somebody. Yeah. Yeah. As you said
1: that, I was like, Oh, that would be cool. If Riddler comes out and he's still in Arkham
2: or then the Riddler is very, he's very orderly. He's OCD. And I feel like you could have somebody that goes against chaos. So they could, they could be battling for the soul. It'll be very interesting to see that there's no Batman yet, but we're just seeing the villains battling over Gotham. I mean, I guess maybe that TV show might kind of be like that. With the cops versus the... Oh. But you're yeah. still following, I think, the cops as the main...
1: Yeah, you got Donald Logue and, and McKenzie. Yeah, Ben McKenzie. I think this, you
2: would have Joker, and then the Riddler could be the opponent that he has to try to one-up. And it's like jokes versus riddles.
1: Well, it'd be interesting if somebody takes his shine, so to speak, mm-hmm. and takes the mantle, and they start kind of running it, and they become the poster child, and then how does he react to that, I guess? Or you could do... I was thinking either Phillips,
2: if he wanted to do it, or another director, do a Riddler movie. So it's this other version of Riddler as the hero. And then you combine them. Then you have Joakim versus this other character and they're battling for the the soul. So like a Riddler movie could be fascinating with... Especially if it's set right after this movie and he's influenced by the Joker. And even if the Joker is in Arkham for the whole movie, he's just responding to that. I actually thought you could respond to how people in our world are responding to this movie where they think that the movie is going to incite violence. You could have the Riddler his character is influenced by a movie within the movie itself. Like this he watches something and it creates him. He creates his persona. He sees this Riddler on a screen, a fake movie within the movie.
1: Yeah. You may not need a big bad though. Cause this movie doesn't have one. I mean, Thomas Wayne in some ways a little bit, but yeah, I wonder if you could avoid that still. Just have him interacting with multiple people. It's less, it's more him against the city and him against himself, his own inner... But that was the, the first city. city,
2: So I think that you need a big bad for the next one, I think. Not that they have to be bad. Yeah. He's the bad guy in theory, but that you need somebody who is competing over the same thing as him. And I think that could be interesting to see another villain, but really their villainy is different. Like Riddler's villainy is not always destructive. Sometimes it's just he's kind of taking the time away from batman batman could be doing something else but he has to spend his time dealing with the riddler Hmm. just really wants his attention and wants him to figure out if he can or could
1: riddler be contorting the message sure i I, i've
2: always thought riddler was very seemed very influenced by yeah so yeah it would be interesting to to introduce him
1: well it'd actually be cool if they got along at first what if you did remember we talked about uh nightmare on elm street where chucky oh, and freddie yeah. at yeah. first naturally they like each other because they're like oh we're about the same thing we like killing kids you know teenagers that's an interesting idea and then at some point they're like all right you know what there's not enough like that can only last so long until it's not harmonious any longer and and uh, this town ain't big enough for the both of us and they start stepping on each other's toes
2: oh, That's it's not a bad idea or like that the way they're going about things is so different They have some kind of
1: disagreement, but I think they start and he likes the Riddler and he's like, this is awesome. You're influenced. You're like my protege. You're influenced. Like now, not only are people looking up to me, but I'm influencing people to do this same kind of behavior and act like me and, you know, almost want to work together. And, you know, I think that would be a cool place to start. And then tension
0: arises,
1: you know, and they have some disagreements on how they're operating this or where they want to go riddler starts trying to take
2: too much power maybe i don't know who other villain i wonder what they'll do if they'll do a villain even from batman maybe they'll do a different yeah like a superman lex Luthor movie maybe i don't know can't think of any other wonder woman doesn't have any good villains green Lantern doesn't
1: bradley cooper produced this i'm sure he'll be in the i imagine he'll be the bad guy in the next one right
2: (laughs) you so you think they'll be a joker too because because it's so successful it's not like phillips is against sequels he's done yeah done them Who would Cooper play? I'm surprised.
1: Are you surprised he didn't do Old School or Road Trip too? Road Trip's a hit. I mean, it's not big enough hit. Old School feels like there would have been a sequel, unless it just gets way too expensive to get all those guys. But I wanted to just mention in the end
2: when Joker Joaquin Phoenix in real life when he won an award. I think it was at TIFF for this. Yeah, he just had a line about his brother, which I thought was
1: that's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. I don't hear him talk about River very much, and I he doesn't. He doesn't. He usually doesn't picture them together. I was just wondering what their relationship was or how he thinks about our... So this is what he said.
2: When I was 15 or 16, my brother brother River came home from work and he had a VHS copy of a movie called Raging Bull. And he sat me down and he he made me watch it. And the next day, he woke me up and he made me watch it again. And he said, you're going to start acting again. This is what you're going to do. He didn't ask me. He told me. And I am indebted to him for that because acting has given me such an incredible life. Wow. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's funny with Phoenix because I don't feel like I liked him as an actor. Some of it is just, he just seems such a strange dude. Yeah. It's just, I mean, he's still good in all of I feel like it's not. I, he's just bad in like signs. I feel like he's bad in a like little bit like stupid movies, but I do feel as a, younger brother losing his older brother that's pretty i can't imagine that so yeah that's must be really it sounds like he's really close to his family so that oh his other two sisters so it's i sure that was tough and yeah. having to be in the public eye while that's happening and but yeah i just watched Rio on the night recently and he's just so phenomenal he's so different it's like god who's this guy
1: i got a lot of shades of the master in the joker too didn't you some yeah
2: some shades. This is so... I don't know. Some of it is so... I don't see various similarities between... The, the only similarities is his face is the same, but... As River? No.
0: Oh, oh, oh. the two performances. Every performance he yeah, does, yeah, I yeah. feel like, is very like... Yeah. Oh,
2: he's... Character... It's like he picks a role because it's like, oh, well, the characteristics are so different. He is and a, I'll pull them off, so...
1: It's interesting to me how famous his brother was. Yeah. And then his brother passes, and normally you'd think... That would somehow allow for Joaquin Phoenix's, like, ascension to stardom or, or mm-hmm. to his to the success of his career. Except it's so detached because they don't look alike and they never talk about it. Like, we don't talk about Joaquin Phoenix in the way you do, like, a Casey Affleck, right? And also, it's so slow. Where Dave Franco, right, is so much of the younger brother of James. Joaquin is so... I never saw them together. They just... There's no similarity visually, Yeah, there's just such a disconnection. It's interesting that Joaquin then has this huge career after, you know?
2: Sometimes you think, oh, the the other brother's only in this. It's like a Liam Hemsworth where you're like, is he a good actor or is he just kind of...
1: That's what I'm saying. Yes. Joaquin has none of that, even though he kind of picks up, like, when, unfortunately, River Phoenix dies, you know, his career takes off. You Mm -hmm. wonder what, like, would have happened if River's career keeps going, not that they would have vied for the same roles or anything i'm just saying yeah you're right with like a liam hemsworth you a part of it feels like they're there because of the brother Joking doesn't even really have that right i don't think of them even in mm-hmm. the same breath I mean, most of the of, time yeah you're right
2: some of it is the look some of it is that Joking just picks very yeah. different interesting like he he's in a lot of great movies so it's there's definitely something he has an eye yeah and he's not in any like he's in with great directors prestige type stuff but he's not in like silly you know he's never like i'm gonna be in a romantic comedy or something
1: like it's no i mean i guess the sisters brothers that came out this year would be the closest thing right
2: i mean that's the thing that helps him too is he's in a movie and it doesn't matter like uh, that doesn't do well no one remembers that it's just yeah he does a lot of those
1: i liked you were what was the one this year he did the lynn ramsey one
2: something with we we are you are or something you are? are
1: not really here you are no or something god crazy
2: that's title. the one where he isn't he a killer in that one too takes yeah yeah, yeah. it's a vengeance
1: a uh, revenge movie hmm. i liked it it's an interesting one you were never really here but that's what i called the the casey affleck one that directed the, it was like a fake documentary what was that one called
0: you're oh, not man, here <laughs> like the
1: same title <laughs> i think they're basically essentially the same title did you ever see to die for the nicole kidman one that puts joking on the map
2: no, I didn't know that's sort of a real movie. That's where he starts and he's
1: like a kid and he looks, he's got like this mullet and he just couldn't look less like a movie star. That's kind of the character.
2: I feel like that's kind of his thing. It's yeah. Like he's, not a movie, he's like the anti-movie star.
1: No, that's what I'm saying. And it's funny because the brother is basically the next James Dean, right? Mm. Like that's what I'm saying. It's not like he takes the brother's spot because they would have been vying for any of the same roles. They fill such a different space. You were never really here is the one where he's like, the killer. This year, yeah, that's yes. from 2017, right?
2: That's does that sound That's right? the one. Oh, okay. That's the one. I'm looking at it. Yeah, he yeah. said this year. So
1: <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it was I'm recent. still here. That's the one. The from, fake documentary. Yeah. I'm still here. You were never really here. Wow.
2: Was it performance art? I can never figure that out.
1: I don't really. I don't know. I got to me. It confused. seemed like he modeled. was
2: literally like, "I want to be a rapper." and see what.
1: But they didn't tell anyone when they were shooting it, right? Because they had that crazy David Letterman thing where David was like, what is going on with you? And then it turned out, oh, they're shooting a documentary and didn't tell anyone, and he's in character. Oh,
2: I thought he was on for the documentary. Isn't that what he was doing on the da- Letterman show?
1: No, I don't think so.
2: Oh, okay. Huh. Why would he go on there for what? What movie? He wasn't doing anything in that period. It was it just like, what is, this, what, what is he doing?
1: Or maybe the publicity tour for that? Sorry, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm mixing it up, and he was doing the publicity for that movie but that was a performance art of him staying in the character he was supposed to be playing and he's not Joaquin phoenix does that sound right it was something very odd i <laughs> don't know
2: but that's the thing is i don't know if it was a performance or that he was who how do you know when somebody's a method actor if they're I performing or they're just they're like i want to be a rapper for this year and i'm gonna act different because i'm rebelling against my old identity maybe he's just like questioning his yeah i don't know
1: He's doing the Christian Bale thing because he's so thin in this one and in the You Were Never Really Here in 2017, he's kind of chubby and pudgy. And hmm. Anyway, interesting performer to be sure.
2: All right. So that's uh, another one, another spiritual sequel in the books for Joker.
1: Yeah, Joking Joker. Not to be confused with The Joker. I like that people are getting in with that even though that's not an alternate...
2: Yeah. No, no. It's not like there is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The
1: Joker also exists. Maybe. Like, that was...
2: Oh, that was the, the, the 1998 version was right. The Joker, and now you're confusing us all. No. That's a good point. Uh, So, yeah, send us your pitches. Send us on Twitter, Brothers Jansen.
1: Yeah, it would be really interesting to see for this, because it's so open-ended. It's such an idiosyncratic character. You don't know what's real, what's not. Mm-hmm. Go in a lot of different directions.
2: I know what, we want to know what people are thinking. Yeah.
1: What's the, what's this? Should they do one? Will Will Phillips? Should he... Yeah, what?
2: Where do you go? What, what's the response with society and movies? Does it really matter?
1: Yeah. This, like we said, this is a dialogue. You're a part of it. We want to know what you have to say. We want to know your thoughts, too. We got Shazam. Yeah, probably was just released before this one. That's it for Spiritual Sequel. If you haven't already subscribed, I don't know, what are you waiting for? As Jennifer Love Hewitt said, and I know what you did last summer,
0: what are you waiting for?
1: Or Anna Faris in a
0: scary scary movie. movie,
1: Don't
2: listen to her. Discussion
0: to be continued.